If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And I'm hot as a fucking dick pump after a night of action, so. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast (laughs) for Tuesday, August 29th, 2017. (laughs) That's Ian Ferguson. Howdy. country. You you have familiarity with temperatures of dick pumps, huh, Ian? I'm just saying a dick pump's going to be pretty warm if it's been used all evening. Uh, Coming up on the show, we're talking about... Maybe cross-play Microsoft and Sony getting it on. SNES Classic Edition pre-orders. Oh, my God. H3H3 winning a lawsuit against Matt Haas's own. Half-Life 3 confirmed, maybe? Maybe. Q&A, Patreon questions. And Joel Osteen gargling his own hot diarrhea. Before we get into that, uh, we want to, uh, you know, talk about what's happening in Houston. It's unfortunate, obviously, with the flooding. Uh, I pr- recommend going to americares.org. It's a very fine organization if you want to donate anything there. They're, they're very reputable. Anything would probably help. americares.org. Uh, that'd be very appreciated. I but, actually agree with Pat on that one. That's the charity that I would go to. I hope you wouldn't yell me down on that one. Either. No, I'm just saying as opposed to uh, the Red Cross and things like Red that. Red Cross is fine, too. It, it is, but I, I, I feel like... I feel like everything goes quicker and more direct through um, AmeriCares. Sure. Uh, does does Joel Osteen AmeriCare, Ian? Uh, Joel Osteen is a person who can fuck off into the pits of, if you believe in him. Well, he's uh, he's one of these mega church pastors. Yeah. And he, he actually does it out of a Houston arena. Mm-hmm. I think it's where the Rockets it's used where, to play. Yes, it is. So it, it seats like 17,000 people. The guy is uber rich, probably worth tens of millions of dollars because... When you when you're an evangelical that runs a super church, you get a lot of donations from from your from your from your your flock that comes to see you. Yeah, he's he's one of those hedonists like Caligula who shits in a gold toilet and then eats out of it with a fork and a spoon just no, because he can. Never learned that in high school. But um. Anyways, uh, he's a he's shit, and his even after he opened his doors. Uh, or, or he. Well, that's the story. He was not. He was saying he was. They, they said, "Oh, we're closing down for we're not gonna have services this weekend." And people were saying, "Well, it's not flooded, so why don't you open your doors and let people in, have it as a place of, of respite at least, if not to shelter some people." And then to uh, kind of you know um, save his ass. I mean, the only reason he didn't want people in there is because he doesn't like dirty people and he doesn't want them ruining his nice chairs and carpet. Oh no, he, but, does, he knows he doesn't want to be a, a Christian and actually do the right, right thing. thing. Um, help out people that might be in need. Right. And, you know, he said there was some flooding, and there was. There was minor flooding on on some of the lower basement levels. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the pictures from the outside, everything was fine. 
the thing is, is the biggest area is like the second and third, the second floor. And I believe it's there's the third floor to that church. But the biggest area is the second floor of that church, which could have housed hundreds of people. Meanwhile, you got this mattress guy who's Matt, uh, the well, mat- the mattress king of Houston, mattress <laughs> Mac, who's the mattress king of Houston, who opened up two of his stores, um, I think the day of or the day after and had like close to a thousand people by the end of it in his stores. He had kids playing on mattress forts. Uh, he was feeding everyone hot meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And like doing this before, you know, the supposed religious man is opening up. Uh, by the way, Joel Austin is, is worth, according to online sources, he's worth a net worth estimate of 40 million. And he lives in a ten and a half million dollar, 17,000 square foot home with six bedrooms, six bedrooms. I'm not going to get on. I don't like attacking rich people as a general principle. I think that's kind of weird. No, but, but I do I, love attacking rich televangelists. Well, yes, that's a little bit different. At least ones that aren't giving back at all. Right. And that sort of shows that this is really a business. Obviously, it's a business, and they, they're not taxed because it's a religion. Though at the same time, as uh, I, I, these the super- you know about the prosperity gospel, right? If you read into that, the prosperity gospel is what these sort of people preach, which is um, just sort of sort of the Calvinistic sort of point of view. It, 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 the prosperity gospel is if you uh, believe in God hard enough and pray to God hard enough and give enough money to your church, you're going to make money back. Oh, okay. It's completely opposite of all Christian teachings. It's a faith lottery. Yeah, exactly. So you pray hard enough, you're going to get your money. Calvinism actually sounds better than that. Yeah, which is (laughs) crazy. Um, But uh, no, so anyways, the point I wanted to make was he said uh, when they opened, he's like, we were always going to open, but we were waiting for the city and community shelters to be full first. No, you fucker. I'm not religious. I'm atheist. But uh, but I'm not capital A atheist. I don't like people who go out of their way to identify as such. Uh, well, I may like them, but I don't like that aspect. Uh, anyways. You're like a Pendulette atheist. Yeah, it's just what I am. Yeah, um, you're not like there's no God. Fuck you for believing in God. And so. I'm gonna get so zealous about it that I'm yeah, gonna exactly. go march about it. Um, but no, your religion states that this is your duty. You don't wait. You fill up first, and then when you're full, you look to your community. You should have been taking in all the people who give you all that fucking money. I feel worst about the people that go to his church because. Um, either either you believed he was a guy that was a man of, of faith in God, and now you see he's a total fucking fraud, and you then have to drag yourself to church there to actually listen to this hypocrite right. in person. Uh, that's that's the probably the best case scenario because that now you figure out wow this guy's just been taking my money for his lavish uh, you know, lifestyle. But there will be some people that will will probably like with other people they believe in uh, or anyone that can believe in someone and doesn't want to think anything they can do anything bad. They'll continue to go to the church and they'll just say oh why are you getting on him for he doesn't deserve. I saw it. a guy I saw a guy yeah. defending him online who said that I for one. Uh, defend Joel Osteen for not, uh, you know, opening up uh, whatever the church is called. Uh, because water or something? Be- Lakewater? Lakewood. 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 Not opening the Lakewood church because it's a place of worship, not a shelter. And someone made the very good uh, that's, retort. That's the dumbest um, thing in my life. Made the very good retort. If it's not a shelter, it's not a place of worship. And it's... Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, other than that, Woo! that's that's the, the, the Ian's, Ian's, oh, Ian's going in this podcast too. Um, did you check out the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight? Uh, I I much like, I may have allegedly saw it somehow. Um, much like uh, uh, political speeches and uh-huh. things like that, I tend to watch uh, fights through uh, text. Okay. Uh, through text. Um, Who was texting you about it? No, through like uh, like news updates. Oh, okay. It, it's uh, someone said something similar about politics and fights like that. It's like there are clips glasses to just watch it through that. Sure. Um, what, uh, reading it round by round, it sounded like it was probably a more interesting fight than it was it entertaining. Have been. It was very entertaining. Yeah. I think that's what surprised people most. Even Frank, who said, I don't want to watch it, it's a circus. Because, saying it because, was I, because I heard that rounds one through three were very almost pro no, Connor. Connor. Won, Connor won the first th- three yeah. rounds because in the first the first two rounds, Floyd didn't throw any punches, really. He threw right. about ten punches around. And then right. I heard there was like two or three rounds that were very much Mayweather. Then I heard Connor came back for a round. Connor had one round that he either... Like I, a late round. I wouldn't, that, have, I wouldn't have given it. It was probably a split round. That was probably round... Eight, seven, seven or eight, yeah. and then I heard nine so, and ten were all Mayweather. Yeah. So, all right, I'm a mixed martial arts fan. All right, but it annoys me the the massive disrespect shown to uh, the art and martial art. It's boxing's a martial art in its definition. It's a martial art, and the fact that you have this character Conor McGregor that's large in life because he's a pro wrestling fan. He's a fan of Muhammad Ali. He models himself after him. And that's the reason why, like I keep saying, he's gone from welfare to $100 million in four years, which is great. That's good for you. That doesn't mean you know how to box. That doesn't mean that. You may be a good mixed martial artist, but it doesn't mean you can box. Boxing is one of several specialties in mixed martial arts. Sure. You cannot be a specialist boxer and at the same time be a successful mixed martial artist in the same way you couldn't be doing mixed martial arts and be a successful boxer because it's a mixed martial arts is really a jack of all trades and maybe you're you're very good at one of those things but it's hard to be you can't be a master of all those things you have to pick one thing you can't be a successful French cook and a successful baker at the same time very tough right yeah sure or maybe maybe, okay but but I, I think what you see is this, this cult of, of Conor McGregor, if I can, may call it that. Everyone's like, he's going to knock Mayweather out. He's going to do it. Why? Because he talks a good game. I could talk a good game. I'm not going to knock, knock out shit. You know, anyone can talk it up. Um, but what was interesting was that I think Mayweather knew he had to make it interesting as his last fight. He didn't want... He's very smart. He, he's a piece of garbage overall, Mayweather. Oh, he's a huge but piece of shit. He's extremely smart businessman, which people don't realize. He knows everything that's going on. Most so, big pieces. Of, I mean, okay, let me put it this way: most smart businessmen are huge pieces of shit. Thanks, Ian. But anyway, so what? So what? But he even started the pay per view for which. Do you think I'm calling you a piece of shit or not a smart businessman? I don't know. Either way, it works. <laughs> it works. It works for the radio show for the podcast. But he was so smart that even right before the fight. He, uh, he heard that the pay-per-view servers were getting hammered in California and Florida. Oh, yeah. That was because the, the match got delayed. Yes. Because of him. He was like, oh, no, we're not starting. Like, this is right before the fight. He's still thinking about this stuff, which is very yeah. good Good credit to him. He wants people to make sure they can actually see him. Because no one gave a shit about the undercard, which is uh, which is bad. Because I don't even know fights. what was on it. There was a couple of championship fights on the yeah. undercard. So Mayweather comes out and doesn't really fight the first two rounds. McGregor, McGregor gets in a few good punches, and because of that, people are allowing all the all the MMA guys, including some people in the UFC, are like, "Oh, we didn't. You went ten rounds with the best ever." No, 
Mayweather's not the best ever anymore. No. He's been retired for two years. He's 40. He looks almost washed up. This is, there's a reason this is his last fight. Um, he, he went against a, an injured Pacquiao a few years ago, and that was five years too late, that fight to have mattered. Yep. And he was defensive against Pacquiao because Pacquiao, Pacquiao's a murderer and can kill you with his speed and power. So people are like, oh, well, he got in more shots than Pacquiao because he went after McGregor and walked in on him like covering up, which that's not how Mayweather fights. So he didn't respect McGregor's power after like the third round because McGregor, like I, I predicted, would be tired as fuck after like round four. Well, I don't follow was. boxing much, but like I remember watching uh, Tyson Lennox and, mm-hmm. and uh, Tyson Lewis and, you know, Tyson came out looking strong and I remember at the bar I was at there like, oh, this might not be the joke it was. But after the second, because Tyson was hitting for the first oh, sure. two rounds. But third round, Tyson's gassed. Yep. Lennox fights defensively, and it goes the distance, and Lennox wins. But that was amazing. So when people are saying, oh, you, you, no shame in getting you know knocked out in the 10th round by uh, Mayweather. No, there's a slight shame when you said you were going to knock out. I understand it's promoted. TKO, fight. You were gonna, but no, no, still. No. Yes, same thing as a knockout, technical knockout. But it, there's a slight difference between saying, oh, congratulations, you went 10 rounds and got knocked out, versus saying, I'm just going to knock you out under four rounds. And by the fourth round, I'm like, there's not a chance. He was never in trouble, really, for most of the fight. There was one uh, there was one body punch that I think it was like round seven or eight that looked like it stunned Mayweather, but it could have been, it was hard to see if it was a low blow or not. Mayweather claimed it was a low blow. Well, other than that, he was never in trouble the whole fight. So when you have a guy that you outweigh by 15 to 20 pounds naturally, that's 40 years old. And what did he outweigh up by up? at the beginning? I think like seven pounds. It was it was a decent amount, but then remember, MMA guys yeah. cut weight no, by I 10 know, to 15 pounds. So he you're outweighed by you outweigh him by 15 pounds. You're 11 years younger. You're not washed up. And oh by the way, May- Mayweather hasn't legitimately knocked someone out in like 10 years, yeah, except for maybe his. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to keep this just a fight. But anyway, so there you, you got showed up. You got showed fucking prison. You got showed up a little bit, and so I, I, I like McGregor because he's a good fighter. But to him go from the I'm gonna knock you out in four rounds is ah look at him, his old man. That old man just beat your ass. He walked you down and beat you. So yeah, you but know. I mean, I read convincing enough articles that Frank, not not that this was a rigged match, but that no, it wasn't rigged. No, 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 not that it was rigged. But that they played this shit off each other on purpose well, of course. just to build it. Of I course. mean, he, I mean, did he really? Whatever. We're turning this. The, uh, we we still have a little bit more to cover in this intro, and we're turning sure. this all. I just think it's topics. funny that all the all the MMA fans and I watch MMA. We're like, oh, he's gonna beat me. Whether so? No, he's not. He was never going to. Frank's prediction was almost spot on. Mine was about spot on. About MMA what smells bad. Really? What? All right. What else is going on, Ian? Uh, well, apparently, according to our intro, the video game years is on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. Which it is. Check it out. It's at, like, four stars out of five. Help help boost it up a little bit. Yeah. People complaining it's a bunch of YouTubers that didn't grow up with the games that they're talking about, which is the same shit we heard when we first went on YouTube. So, you know, maybe give it a watch. And which give is it a- bullshit. So, watch it. Then you can't, because of course you also can't play any video games after they come out. Like, you can't play Pac-Man in the arcade no! after the first what? year it came out. No, it's impossible. it would have been impossible. Possible they all, people don't know this. People don't know that arcade machines have a half-life of like a year and a half, so they just disintegrate like an atom on the periodic table. You know, you can't you can't see them after a while. Right. It would have been impossible for someone who was born in '82 to actually you enjoy know, Pac-Man at six I, or seven years old. There's no and, way I could ever. Yeah. I couldn't play Mousetrap on ColecoVision after 1982. It's no, impossible. No. 
Whatever. Absolutely not. impossible. Yep. So, so check out video game years on Amazon Prime. And real quick about uh, our pal uh, Jason Middle Jesus Rocks. Uh, really, something weird happened. Just this is just real quick. We we were thinking about making this full topic, but uh, I, I guess he it doesn't put out, really. He put, he put out a video because he he had first put out a video uh, saying, "Oh, this is cool. Check out this GameCube HDMI adapter." Okay, fine. Fast forward to months and months later when he had a party. Uh, the GameCube with the HDMI adapter in it got yanked. Uh, the core got yanked, so it fell. And so that that process fried the system because of the HDMI adapter. So he pointed out to people ethically that, hey, there's an issue with this Here's HDMI the, right. da- adapter. You should watch out for this. And the creator of the HDMI adapter said the same thing, didn't he? He was like, yeah, there's there's an issue here because pins... He goes, okay, hit- I think it was some sort... I, I don't understand electronics, but he was like, okay, I think he, he was like, there was some sort of lead on this that, right, that shouldn't be made like this. It's why he made a version 3 that should fix this issue, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, he's just saying that because, you know, Metal Jesus has, you know, Jason has a lot of, uh, you know, uh, influence and, in you know, he was forced to say this. No. Here's the thing. And, 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 and by the way, it's fucking atrocious that Kinsey got so much shit because what happened was is Metal Jesus Rocks has a channel. We all know this. And he has multiple people who are on his channel. There's sure. Reggie, there's Kinsey, there's Kelsey. Handsome John Hancock. Handsome John Hancock. Handsome. Um, <laughs> handsome John Hancock. Uh, I like all these people. I've met, them, I've met them all in person. Well, actually, I haven't met Reggie or John, but I've met Kelsey, Kinsey, and, and uh, obviously Metal Jesus. Um, GameCubes are basically indestructible. <laughs> they, they are blocks. They are blocks. Um, I take in GameCubes every day. The amount of GameCubes I have to take away or turn away because they're not working, maybe like two a month. I mean, we're talking, and that's maybe we're talking very, very few. Hmm. The majority of them that I turn away is because they're too dirty or they're broken or, or like something is physically like physically messed up, like on, on cosmetically the, on the lid or something. Yeah, and okay. I just I you know there's a crack or something's broken off. Um. When it fell, it didn't even fall off the shelf. Yeah, when you look at the video, it's like it, it was like a foot that it got dragged. It's like when you drag something and cords are resisting from the back. So it kind of moves slowly at first. And then if it did hit the floor, which I didn't see, if it hit the floor, it wasn't from more than like a foot right. at that point. So anyways, all all I'm trying to say here is I think people wanted to make a big deal about this. I think big YouTubers are targets. Um you know, full disclosure, I like Jason a lot, but I wouldn't say that I'm... I mean, I only know him well enough to have said I've had a couple drinks with him. I never had a couple drinks. I did interview him on the Not So Common podcast, though. But he's a good dude. Um, but it's not like I, I, I feel like I have to go out of my way to defend him, but I am defending him because I'm, it just seems silly. It was a weird overreaction. It, it was a it weird was... overreaction because GameCubes are known to be high quality. This sort of thing should not fry a GameCube. In fact, I don't know of fried GameCubes. Yeah. Okay. That's not something. This that is happens. all. If I understand, people like going after people, and sometimes for some reason on the internet, it's it's somehow it's be, sport because the person's also a female. Somehow that makes it easier to go after right. them. Right. So of course they were going and, to go and, after. And, oh, here comes everyone calling Pat an SJW, which would be funny to see for the first time. Well, but but well, okay. hey, <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> where's my where's my pin? Uh, I'll make you one. Okay, but first time SJW. But 
this is all you have to ask yourselves. If that HDMI adapter wasn't in that GameCube and it got yanked, would it probably still work? 99 times out of 100, yes. Yes. It would. I've dropped an NES from higher than that, and it hit the floor, and it was fine. Maybe just reset the game. I've watched people drop their GameCubes from, like, three feet above as they're pulling them out of their bags, and they go, oh, shit. And, and I'm like, fine. it's probably going to be fine. And we hook it up, So, and it's obviously, fine. there's there's a defect in the manufacturing design of this HDMI adapter. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all we're going to say about that. I'm an SJW now. All right. Um, other than that, listen to the Not So Common Podcast. I recorded one with Frank last uh, last week. When you're holding your head weird, and we talked about uh, <laughs> and we talked about the Mayweather McGregor. We predicted it almost on the nose, and stuff like Charlottesville came up and other other uh, topics. Check that out. Oh, and a new Path to NES Punk video just came out as well. I'm actually excited to watch this. Ian, if Ian might, is actually going to watch the video, I'm, I'm not, there's there's no gun to my head, no trap on the floor. <laughs> Where's your is the sponsored ad? Uh, no, Hashtag it's, sponsored it. It's not, it's not sponsored. I actually am very much looking forward to this one. Wow. Ripped from the headlines. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. 100% excited not watching this uh, just to watch it. All right, Ian. Let's get right into the news. Microsoft is confirming they're talking to Sony about crossplay. We would like to enable them to be part of that one community to unite gamers. So you said before the podcast started recording that we spoke about this a while back. A while back. It might we have been did. E3 of last year even, like a while back. And they, we talked about it uh, briefly again, I think, this past E3 only. We only touched on it minorly. Um, so... Microsoft wants to do cross-play with certain games on the Switch. Uh, I believe the big one is Rocket League, because Rocket League is very popular. Um, It's more immune to hacks, I believe, on consoles, and they would love to get that community together. But they would also like to do it with other games as well. Sure. Um, Nintendo seems open to it. Microsoft is more than open to it. Uh, it would do nothing but benefit Microsoft, really. Well, they're, well, they're losing badly to Sony in this generation. Work. Right, but if they could get, you know, if they could get other people playing with Microsoft consoles, that would only help build community and get people using those consoles more. Well, this is what this tells me. Besides the fact that, yes, the, the games that come out on both Xbox One and on PS4 used almost the same exact architecture, and they're the same games. So they'd be easy to port over, you can communicate easier. What this is telling me is that both companies are like, alright, hardware is going bye-bye, software sales. We have to push software sales as much as we could, and like you said, if there's a bigger community that can exist between two consoles, Xbox and Sony are usually competitors, let's join forces and sell software. If you win, we both win. If we have, you know, people playing the same game on both consoles, why not do that? It's, it's only a win-win. You can't really lose there. No, you can't. And it's something that I want to see because a lot of my friends, you know, there, there's there's um, one friend in particular of mine. His name's Tony, and I talk to him a lot online. And, you know, he's he's got an Xbox One. I got a PS4. So a lot of times when we get excited about games together, we both have that sudden moment of, Sadness, you know, where we're like, oh, we can't play together. Um, I would love to see this happen, but it also proves to me that Sony doesn't feel like they're in a position where they they need it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that also sh- 
you know, you read between the lines on this, and I think it's it, it's apparent that Sony is like, we're in a comfortable spot. We don't have to help you out because we're we don't have to strength. help you out. Um, well, they said that the way they're they're structuring is like, well, we can't. We can't then control the user experience for like children and things like that. I realize that's what they're saying, which I, I guess would be I, technically true. And I do believe it's true, especially because Microsoft Online can be a bit more toxic. Oh, is it? Is that where the twelve well, years come to play? Well, I, I just I've between my time on playing online on the three hundred and sixty and my time playing on say the PS four and the PS three. I found the crowds to be a little bit nicer on the PS4, but that's, I mean, that, that's just my perspective. That's not necessarily true. Um, but I, but I do think, you know, Sony's, I I do think the, the desire to make this happen would be flipped if Sony was doing worse than Microsoft was. Well, you have the Xbox play anywhere program, which is basically Microsoft saying, the software matters more than the platform. They're they're devaluing so, their platform, though. I think by doing that, sure. But Xbox, Xbox, excuse me, Microsoft, Microsoft Windows Ten is the biggest platform overall. Yes. So they're gonna win this battle. Uh, so I guess that's gonna be maybe where Microsoft can sort of play safety. It's like, well, okay, Sony, if you don't want to do crossplay, we'll just crossplay between Xbox One and and Windows. We'll work on that then. On all our games, and that could be significant. Sure, but then that eliminates the need for that. But the need's going away anyway for the console. It's just how many years is going to take. The need's going yes, but I think the need is going away for a Microsoft console a lot, quicker, f- a lot faster. So that's what you're saying. You're yes. saying maybe this is a, this is a way for Microsoft to hold on for dear life for the Xbox consoles because I think they're going to be gone quicker than Sony's. Yeah, the Xbox One is sliding down a hill and they're throwing a grappling hook up to to Windows 10. Windows 10 is always going to be around. Mm -hmm. They can always get those games made for Windows. I mean, you know, or compatible with Windows. That's never going to stop. Um well, the play I, I yeah, think, all, all I, the big I, games now, all the big games now the play anywhere ones they're they're like the big AAA titles from Microsoft. I th- I think that's how they they have to do it to succeed, and the only way they're actually doing that, at least with those play anywhere titles, is the notion that it's just easier to plug in and set up an Xbox One, sure, without worrying about resolutions and you know bug fixes and crashes. So I guess we'll we'll see if this becomes a necessity in the future. I think it would always be cool to do that, but it, it's hard with two, with two gigantic corporations that are obviously fighting each other to say, oh, yeah, we're going to work together on this. But, and of course, both of them see Nintendo as the not really a direct competitor. So, like you said, with, like, Rocket League, who cares? Like that That's like almost a no-brainer. That just boosts sales of that title. It'll boost sales like, of that title, but it would also... And by boosting sales of that title, obviously each company that sells it on their platform gets money. And, I mean, it it also increases usage on those services, which increases subscriptions to Xbox Live Gold and et cetera. I mean, it it is good for everyone in that way. I think that's going to be really interesting to see if that becomes – if the Switch becomes sort of – not knowingly now, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be huge with uh, you know Mario Odyssey, obviously. But if something like Rocket League, which is insanely popular on, on the PC, if those players never wanted to get a Switch before, 
And all of a sudden, like, wow, we can play Rocket League portably. Well, it is coming, and portable Rocket League is going to be a huge, I think. Even if you didn't. for certain people. Even if you weren't a player that wanted these Nintendo franchises, maybe that becomes a killer app that Nintendo really didn't need, but now icing on top. You got Rocket League, and you got Odyssey, and you got Breath of the Wild, and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, this is more interesting than we thought it would be. Right. You know, like, this could be the, the first sort of. Launch out. It's like the Atari Lynx. It's like arcade quality games on, on a little handle. It's shaped <laughs> like the fucking Lynx. It's basically the new Lynx. So, all right. Well, so we'll see what happens there. You said you didn't want to talk about that, huh? <laughs> um, I guess I did. But what do we want to talk about, Ian? Okay, the Super Nintendo, the SNES Classic Edition pre-orders. This debacle that got everyone all up in arms. Not arms of the Switch game. Well, that's a good game. It's a good game. I liked it. Uh, the Wee Bear Bears, my favorite current cartoon. I started doing Switch commercials. It's great. They're adorable. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, uh, there's been some rage, somewhat understandably, and I'm going to go into the reason why I feel like this is also somewhat not understandable in a minute. Uh, by the way, uh, this uh, some of my friends have expressed this rage, and that doesn't mean I don't love you. Ian, I love you. Can you please get to the topic? Yeah. While we so, shut up. <laughs> we made the intro a half-hour segment. <laughs> yeah, we talked about stuff. Go. Lick me. Um, so, uh, Best Buy and... So, originally, the uh, Classic Edition pre-orders were put up on Walmart. And that was a mistake. In July. Yeah, in July. And they were canceled. But then real pre-orders went up on uh, Amazon. Best Buy, Amazon, and uh, GameStop the next day. The next day? I believe it was the next in, day. In July? No. The, the oh, most oh, recent. Oh, the most recent one. Okay. Yeah, Start with July. Those got canceled. Now we're in August. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And this was uh, like a week ago. Yeah, I got one on Best Buy, by the way. I managed to snag a pre-order. Okay. These are not things that I want. Um, and they sold out immediately. Um, problematically, they were released late at night, no matter what time zone you lived in. Yeah, you would think that if they were timed to, to go off at a certain time, maybe, like, the middle of the night. I'm not sure why that would happen, unless they were set to some weird time zone you, in you Europe or something. You would think they would have been, like, 10, 10 PST would have been, like, the time they would have launched. That would have made or sense. Or 9? Well, then that's, that's, that's the next I mean, next no, day? I'm talking, like, questions? 10 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking, like, 10 a.m. PST would have been, like the time for people during the day to try to sure. get these pre-orders. Instead, you get them launched at night, which is weird. No one really knows. Um, you know, people on the East Coast, you know, a lot of them are going to bed or were asleep when they came out. And there was a very small, limited supply. A lot of people talked about getting them into their carts and then having it canceled. And this is frustrating. I understand, especially because Nintendo said that they were going to go out of their way to make sure that there were more available. Well, Nintendo, remember, remember, Nintendo does not control how the retailers do the pre-orders. Online. Exactly, they have no control over that. They can just say, "Here's the date you got to do it," or "Here's the earliest date you can do it." That's probably about all they can say. Right, and I have a feeling I mean, no. that look, Nintendo fucks up a lot of shit, um, and I've always been the one to kind of admit that. But right, the um, the dealers decide how they're going to do pre-order, and they may be gun-shy because of how it's gone with Nintendo before. 
and they may be taking limited pre-orders because of that. Also, um, the big thing Nintendo stressed with the uh, Super Nintendo um, Classic was that they wanted to focus on having a... And they've said this, and people seem to have forgotten this, even though they were really excited about it when they said this, was that they were going to focus on having a large amount available in-store on release day. So that it wasn't all pre-order and there weren't just like two or three in-store. And then there's a better chance of a person getting them versus people using bots to get them. Exactly. Because, Which is what happens. Because pre-orders are easily abusable. Whereas if you walk into a store and there's a limit of one or a limit of two, two there's a far smaller chance of that being abused. Mm-hmm. And it's odd to me that people got all up in arms... We don't know yet how this is going to play out, and I might be shown to be an absolute idiot or wrong, but... Again. I mean, it's happened a number of times. Um, but um, it's just odd that something they praised when Nintendo announced it is now something they're crying about because they can't get a pre-order. And then let's take a larger step back. This is a fucking box of ROMs. Make one yourself for cheaper. Make a make an orange pie. Make no make a raspberry pie box. Stop being Rest children, okay? You're adults. It's a fucking toy. But I want that toy. Jeez. Yeah, I know, I know. You all want, want that toy because it's cutely shaped and it looks like and it has an official Nintendo logo on it and all this shit. But yeah, like you know what? It. Fucking it's Jesus good. Christ! If you don't get one, it's not the end I of the fucking one. world. I want one. And it's not. I want one. I want one. I want one. It's not the end of the fucking world. Jesus. Fuck. Just stop. Stop crying about this. If it was an actual console, it would be different because a console has a lifespan. This is a box of Super Nintendo ROMs. But it has Star Fox 2 on it. Yeah. I And the Star Fox 2 is cool, but I guarantee you they're going to find another way to get you Star Fox 2. So, so fucking pull up your fucking pampers and... And, and just fucking get on with your life. All right. <laughs> There's a soliloquy about the, the, the Super NES. Classic edition. Um, remember, though, that this is, again, they said this is only going to be available for, like, the holiday season. Yep. Great. So, unless it happened, like, last time when they found some on a truck, like, in the, in the spring, and they still made one on the one production line with three people working on it, and they got some more out the spring of the, of this year. For the NES Classic. I, I didn't but, get a lot of limited things I want, and you know what? I'm still living a happy, good sure. life. Or, or Best Buy and Think Geek, finding a bunch of them, uh, you know, out of nowhere, and then bundling them, and then people coming after me because I'm just pointing out, hey, this is available, go get it. They're scalping them! Uh, we'll get now, to that. First of all, that's not scalping. It is bullshit, though. Oh, it's not It's not the f- most fun thing in the world. This, the only only way you can get something is it bundled with stuff you may not necessarily want. But no. that's not scalping. No. Bundled stuff existed since the, the beginning of time. But I do think that's bullshit that GameStop held them back. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know how they're working. You really think they're going to hold them back months and months after people don't think they're gone and all of a sudden say, say I'm just saying, it's possible that they honestly honestly had a crate somewhere, had a couple pallets that they overlooked. That's possible. Possible. Uh, that's possible, but I also feel like 
in GameStop. That's so, I, 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 so GameStop's I'm, not a smart business, yeah. but I feel like a smart business or a one smart business person there would have been like, hey, hold a few of these back and we can use them to move Think Geek merchandise that we can't fucking get rid of any other way. Sure, but I, I will believe, until I have reason to believe otherwise, that there's evidence that, okay, they honestly held these back. I'm going to take their, as naive as this sounds, no, Pat, you're a GameStop show. People are going to say that somehow. But as naive as that sounds, I think I would take their word for that they just found some. All right, we'll agree to disagree them. on this one. All right, we're going to disagree. Pat, you're a show, Ian, you're... Um, now I'm like you're a, an SJW. I'm a GameStop, GameStop SJW. Ian, you're still an SJW feminist fan. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but 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 you hate GameStop. Yeah. In, in this case. So um and by the way the prices the prices on on the on those items are bundling. It I, when I looked in the past they were the retail values just added on they weren't inflating the value. No, they, they weren't. Were just, it was just like you have to buy the other. Got to buy the well. Mega Man Buster, and and something like a book and you get the the classic. Fucking eBay the rest of it, or try to return it. Masturbation sleeve that looks like... I got my NES Classic with a GameStop bundle. I didn't like it, but it wasn't scalping. But I did get the controller that's impossible to find, at least the U.S. version. So, like, all right, I got that. What else is going on, Ian? All right, you talk about it. All right. Let's move through. Good old H3H3. Ethan and Gila. We love them, even though sometimes they get a little overzealous and... I feel like we've been entirely fair. We've praised oh, them where praises do. And then we got on them a little bit because they said that a major news news organization was it's fabricating fine. evidence on stuff. It's fine. I, so, the reality uh, is, is for the most part, I, I rather like them. Oh, yeah. They're fine people. They're fine people. Yeah, I like them. Um, and and this, this is a really good thing. This is a good thing. This is one of the reasons they started the whole FUPA thing about, you know... Uh, what, what, the Internet Defense Fund. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is where it came from, yeah. right? Originally, this is lawsuits been going on for like a year, year and a half. So what happened was, well, H3, there's like a new genre that's gotten popular the last few years where you basically just critique other YouTubers' videos. Um, and they kind of, I feel like... They're one of the, the, they, the bigger they, ones. Too. They were one of the bigger ones, and they were one of the ones on the cutting edge, and, and we were really into them... Uh, a couple of years ago, because they were one of the ones who really started. Uh, they were one of the ones, that, one of the channels that really started to take on the dog Re- shit prank, Re- the react and prank videos. The, re- both of them. the dog shit react and the dog shit prank videos, which both Pat and I covered at around the same time. And thankfully, these are the type of genres that have pretty much already died out because of this is the good part of the adpocalypse on YouTube. They're getting rid of the yes, they're being over this, but the shit content is is. And, and, like, the fucking drama channels, they've taken a big hit. Which, fine by me. <laughs> That's fine by me. Um, so, before you get into this, I just want to state that everyone should watch this video after we talk about it. Because... Which one? The one that they critiqued? No, no. The the, the video where they talk about winning the lawsuit. They're so happy. Because Ethan and Gila's uh, fucking excitement and zooming in on bolded words in certain phrases is just... So fucking fantastic. It's right. ridiculous. So they, cr- so, go. so they critiqued uh, a video uh, by Matt Haas Zone. Okay? So, <laughs> give me this shit. <laughs> Just because it's so good. The video in, in question was one of a series where, what the hell is his name? It's a whole series where he's playing this character that like is really cool hitting on women, but he also does p- parkour at the same time, right? Um... 
Oh my god, kill me. So that sounds so awful. The, it's called the bold guy. Oh right, right, right. Okay. And these get a lot of views, and I'm not sure because it was because it was they're just cringy or or because they were just so bad they're good. But he tries to pick up a girl doing doing during uh, doing parkour. He sees a girl bending over. And, and she's like, why are you staring at me? And he's like, well, you know you want it. Like one of those sort of like, it's almost like a bad porno. So, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if it's, if it's one of these pickup artist sort of things at the same time where you're being aggressive with the yeah, girl. Yeah, let, let's, let's mix parkour with uh, PUA. That sounds fucking vomit worthy. But, but I didn't want to watch the whole video, but I remember glancing through the video that they critiqued at the time. And then like... Uh, she's like, you can have me if you catch me. Boy, if it was only that that easy to pick up gr- girls and have sex with them in real life, holy shit, I've been that doing it the wrong way. That is like Animal Kingdom rapey. That is gross. But she wanted it, though. She wanted him to chase. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she wanted it. That wasn't scripted at all. Well, yes, it was scripted. It, this is a storyline. It's a narrative. Whatever. This is just fucking pathetic it's a narrative. and stupid. Respect the fourth wall here. Anyway, so he chases Breaking after- the fourth wall. You're going to have to learn how <laughs> to cut a promo, kid. <laughs> Uh-oh, WWE inside jokes. Um, So he chases her. He catches up with her, and then they kiss. And then you think it's going to cut to a sex scene. But he's like, well, now you got to catch me. She's like, oh, you can do anything you want with me. Well, catch me. And then he runs away. Whatever. It's a, it's a creepy sort of bold guy showing you can pick up girls by being gold. Can that work? Yes. It's a whole confidence thing. But it's also weirdly just, it's just what the fucking thing's weird. Do you have a bag of tacks I can snack on while you continue <laughs> to talk about this? Anyway, so they critiqued the video, and rightfully so. They weren't actually as malicious as, you, as you'd think they'd be. No. Attacking him. They were almost attacking, like you said, as a weird sort of storyline, not attacking him personally. So he sicked his lawyers on them, saying this is not... He didn't go after them for a libel or slander. He went after them saying this is copyright infringement. Right? They took the video down, and this almost went to court. And this is one of the reasons they set up that whole defense legal fund. I thought it did go to court. Well, it went to court. It, it didn't go for, actually it, to trial. Right. It just kept going back and forth Motions, paperwork-wise. Yeah, it, yeah. it didn't actually go to a, to a civil trial. Okay. Uh, the good news is that the good guys won. The judges dismissed this and said, all right, this is fair use. Way to Critique, go, H3H3. Critique is fair use. You can, you know, basically, if you, you can go online and you can read the entire... I'm sorry, I keep wanting to say, what's what's the phrase he keeps using that he loves so much? It's like essential to, to the law or something uh, What's the, the phrase that was used? There was a phrase used. He illegal. does love the fact that the judge uses the word quintessential criticism. Though. Oh, that was used? <laughs> that, quintessential that, criticism? That, well, that was one of them. Oh, and it says, oh, here we go. Uh, uh, it is clear defendant's comments regarding the lawsuit are either non-actual opinions or substantially true as a matter of, of law. law. <laughs> That's what you're talking about? As, yes. Because he keeps... Matter of law. Ethan and he like, keep focusing on as a matter of law. Oh, there was defamation involved in this as well. Okay. For yeah, these well, other no, reasons, there was three things that they fought Defa- back against. Well, was, and was they, defamation they, they, of character and copyright. Okay. And they won all three. I was going to say, that you probably would have chance more than copyright, in my opinion. Um, for these and other reasons set b- below... Uh, plaintiff's defamation defamation claim fails. Defendant's motion for summary judgment is therefore granted. So summary judgment means judge just tells us this is fucking bullshit so we don't have to go to a, a jury trial. That's right. basically what a summary judgment is. And plaintiff's motion is denied, meaning it's gone. So that asshole wasting money, Matt Hawzone getting a lawyer trying to do this when it was probably built on matchsticks, you know, the, the support uh, that he had uh, 
for his lawsuit, and it's gone. Well, this is good because this now sets a precedent. Yes. Sets a precedent, and a legal you, precedent. And, and what I enjoyed was it set a specific legal precedent for reaction. Yeah, I'm reading that right now. The client video, video is arguably part of a law... Part of a large genre of YouTube videos, commonly known as reaction videos. Videos within this genre vary widely in terms of purpose, structure, and the extent to which they rely on potentially copyrighted material. Some reaction videos, like the Klein video, intersperse short segments of another's work with criticism and commentary, while others are more akin to a group viewing session without commentary. This Accor- goes accordingly, to- the court is not ruling here that all reaction videos constitute fair use. So it's not a broad judgment saying that every reaction video is going to be okay. But- this goes back to transformative. Mm-hmm. It has to be transformative, whereas something like what H3H3 Productions does is actually transformative. You're as, making a new work. As, as what they say is, it is not a substitute for the original work, meaning it does not present... It does not give you an alternative to the original work. It does not give you the same experience as the original sure. work. So, Whereas a reaction video where you have a bunch of people sitting around going... That's not a, that, that, that's that, not transformative. That, it's not transformative, and it is arguably a substitution for the original work because is. you can just watch it and you're just reacting along with them. Yes. So I'm um, thank thank God I didn't thank God the judge knows a little bit about YouTube. He probably I didn't picture the judge looking like oh good I gotta research this shit now I gotta watch react videos on YouTube just to know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. Like just imagine some some old lawyer be like oh no. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that it it decidedly separates quality criticism from a reaction a cash because a reaction yeah. is not review it's not transformative it's not criticism exactly smiling or 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 getting teary-eyed is not is not is not criticism it's just emotion doesn't mean anything so happy about this very happy about this congratulations and then they put that matt hostel video they re-uploaded it and it has 4.2 million views because they and and he put (laughs) i think it's funny thumbnail says we won yeah, and they put three uh, mid-roll ads in there. Did they like, really? Yeah, they were like, please just let it run so we can get the money because we <laughs> own this video now. Just like, just put it on repeat somehow. Just keep refreshing yep. it. I'm playing it right now. They're getting a pre-roll from me. There you go. All right, there you go. Good on H3H3 this time, Ethan and Gila. Good on them. Good on them. Yep, I'm happy for them. All right, so I don't have a ton to say about this, but I think it's very interesting. Um, Let's see. So Mark Laidlaw, um, a writer for uh, Valve, who was part of the person who wrote, um, who was supposed to be on, let's see. Yeah, who was supposed to be on um, Half-Life 2, Episode 3, which has not come out, or uh, Half-Life 3. Which Revenge of the people, Sith. Yeah, which people call it. Um, yeah, we'll leaked what he called, uh, in a blog post, called a, a Pistol 3. And it had some name changes and some gender swaps in it, but from what most people think, it was kind of a frustrated release of the... Um, the plot to Half-Life 2 Episode 3 because Valve has held off and held off and held off and it's been years since there was any even word on Half-Life 3. So I think this is interesting when you have 
creators who want to tell the story and finish the story that they've started with their game and start leaking tidbits. Now, this has been said that it conflicts with some things that have been seen or said, but it also um, lines up with certain, you know, promo art and other things that were heard. But I, I don't Let's know. Let's back up Th- a bit. Let's back up. Okay. Mark Laidlaw. Okay. So I'm looking at his website. He, he posts something called Epistle 3, Dearest Playa, and then he runs down a letter, a strange sort of formatted letter, that you're saying that this is really the continuing continuous of the story, and he he switches around some names, yeah, so he can sort of get away with it without getting his ass kicked, right? And then about. people went and translated it, and then did the gender swaps and the name changes to make it fit, and it basically becomes Half Life Episode Three. And he he helped write and design Half Life, Half Life Two, and both Half Life Two episodes. Says he was he also spent four years as a lead writer on Dota Two. So this is a guy that's you want to take his word for it and this could be his frustration of getting the story out maybe he thinks this is never going to come out this is where it would have went yeah for episode 3 and or Half-Life 3 if it ever got made yeah so not confirmed Half-Life 3 <laughs> yeah exactly um it's interesting that, in that now there are other people who say that you know it doesn't necessarily match up but I, I think it's interesting that we're at a point where I just don't know what to say about Valve in this. You have one of the most popular games of the 2000s. I mean, it started... I mean, Half-Life 1 came out in, what, 98? Yeah. And, you know, despite Valve's reputation as a quality game producer, you know, you've got uh, um, Left 4 Dead, you've got Portal, you've got Counter-Strike... Um, you've got this company that, for whatever reason, is letting one of their most acclaimed franchises die. It's been 10 years since Half-Life 2 Episode 2. 10 years. So, I mean, why? Are they afraid to finish it? Or are they afraid of ruining what they started? Has it had too much critical acclaim and they don't think they can finish it? But... You have to wonder about the writers and the people who worked on it, who who put so much time into it, and eventually they're going to just assume that it's never going to get done, and they're going to want to get their story out. You know, I wonder if we're going to see more versions of this. And then earlier today, it was actually announced that Half-Life 2 Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 may actually officially be passed off to someone else after this was released. And it may get done. I, so it, it, it's very weird to me, but we're we're in an era, I think, where the creatives do get to have I mean, some control over get to or, have some control over when made. these things happen. I, you can't just hold a creative hostage for ten years. It's weird, just because when Val comes out and they mention this, like, oh, we want to concentrate on you know Steam or other stuff going on, and it's like. Holy shit, do you realize how much money you're leaving on the table here? Right. Not, 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 we don't have to say that the next Half-Life has to be the best game ever. It just has to be good. It just has to be... Just it, be good. It just has to be decent and done. Yeah. That's it. And it'll, and it'll sell more than any other game probably the past few years. And like, if that's it, it isn't perfect, you if Half-Life 2 Episode 3 isn't perfect, you have Half-Life 3. Like... 
People love this series. The problem is now you've waited so fucking long, Mm -hmm. you run the risk of killing the interest. It's like you have to do it now or within the next two years or never, or you're never going to get that fan base back. Uh, it's funny, Mark Laidlaw said, my website on Twitter, my website's down for now. I guess fanfic is popular. Even a gender swap snapshot to a dream I had many year, years ago. Covering his ass probably there. So, all right. This is all, this is all Valve has to do. They, they, they just, the executive producers, they even front some of the money. They have a lot of money, Valve. And like you said, they can outsource it to someone they trust or co-produce it. Hell, you want to go the Shenmue 3 route and fucking kickstart it? How much money do you think a, a Half-Life 3 or even Half-Life 2 Episode 3 would raise on Kickstarter? How many millions, Ian, would you raise in like 24 hours, do you think? If you wanted to even go that route, just to gauge interest. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, it, it, I mean it, oh, if you gauged interest, it would probably be the highest the Kickstarter. Highest, uh, highest Kickstarter game ever? Yeah. Like automatically? But the thing is, is they don't need to. And the thing well, I'm is, just saying, just if they are oh, afraid of interest, they could just do that? Right. But they know they don't need to be afraid of interest. And the thing is, is Valve could release something. Valve could do Half-Life 2. If they called it Half-Life 2 Episode 3 to finish up Half-Life 2, they could release it on an older engine. They could release it on, say, their Left 4 Dead 2 engine because Valve is known for using their engines over and over. It doesn't have to be the most graphically pretty game if you're... Finishing up Half Life. Yeah, finish up a ten-year-old game. So you, just yeah. get some good story writers in there and fucking pump it out. Like that's it, and then you have a fresh slate for Half Life Three. Okay, Anyways, so so I didn't see the news, but I guess you saw the news that, you, that they might actually be moving forward with Half Life Three. Yeah, that was that was just today. Like honestly, like when we were talking on the phone, uh, going over our topics today. Me and you aren't friends really outside the podcast. Yeah. No, we just uh, fucking uh, throw notes wrapped around shit to each other. Um, we, it, we speak through agents yeah. and lawyers outside the podcast. Right. Um, I, it was like two, three hours earlier that I started to notice that stuff. So, anyways. All right. My, my gut's going to be they're just going to skip episode three and just roll it into Half-Life 3. I, that's what I think. No, I mean, that's probably right, and that, so. that would make sense, too, as long as that part of the story gets covered. Yeah, maybe that's you finish that up for, like, whatever, 45 minutes, an hour. I don't know. Yeah. I've never played. I've barely played Half-Life, too. I love the first Half-Life, so I don't know what that is, but that's my First guess. one's fun. Never really played the second. First one is outstanding. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the best games ever. Ian, I love my me. Yeah. I love Mimi, but I'm trying to figure out how to get it on my Switch. I got to get an Amiibo, get on my Wii U to transfer it. It's a whole rigmarole. All right. But, um, well, that's about as much as you can say about the Wii U. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, was, I was Mario Kart. I, played, I knew you were going to say that. I played Mario Kart, says oh, old I'm man. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just working on a certain NES guidebook for two and a half years. It was kind of hard to keep up. Two and a half years constant. So anyway, wow. Okay, you 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 want to have this conversation? <laughs> no, but I like okay. how you bring that up every time. Anyways, uh, Nintendo is shutting down the Miiverse on November eighth, twenty seventeen, in Japan. Uh, there is no announcement as to when it will follow here, but it will probably be, unfortunately, very soon after. I would maybe guess a neat and tidy date like January first, twenty eighteen. Um. Miiverse is arguably the most interesting aspect of the Wii U. It was technically on the 3DS, but I personally I never saw it used much. Um, 
In Japan, it was a part of 70 Wii U games. And I'd argue that without really thinking about it, it was a kind of cool and integral part of about 15. What was probably the one of the, some of the biggest ones? Uh, uh, definitely... Um, Super Mario Brothers Wii U? Smash. Uh, Super Mario Wii U was interesting enough. Um, How definitely. It? Super Mario Maker and um, Splatoon were two of the big biggest ones. And because, at least in-game, Super Mario Maker let you die and then leave, like, notes, kind of, where you oh. died. So you, telling people about Yeah, kind of, you know, letting you oh. war- warn you or the people who are creating the level could leave little messages. Um, Splatoon, it's the entire way of communicating in the plaza. Not that that's huge, but, like, you could... When you're going through the plaza, and you'll see the mees that are the the squids that you've recently mm-hmm. um, battled against, and then you'll see all their little drawings and cute shit like that. That's all going to be gone. So you still be able to play, but you're people. not going to see any. No of interaction. There'll be empty courtyards, and you're not going to see any of that flavor. Also, the main forms of communication within a game. Which is essentially Facebook, like writing messages about a game, offering tips, making pictures. All of it's gone. It was one of the most unique things about the Wii U. The people who didn't use it never missed it. The people who used it loved it. Um, One of the other things is a lot of unlockables in Wii U games were stamps. They were black and white outlines uh, oftentimes of like sprite based characters. So you'd get like a sprite Bowser from Super Mario 1, okay. say. And you could use these stamps to make, you know, put them in your messages and stuff in your message balloons um, when you were posting to the uh, Wii U, or the Miiverse uh, for that game. Um, you won't be, th- those unlockables basically mean nothing. Once, once this closes so down, you'll so you still have your mees sitting there, but you you'll just have your mees. You'll have them. your mees sitting there, but you just don't have a meeverse to do anything. You'll still with be able to. In. Okay, this is okay. I have an article from uh, Polygon about what you're going to actually be losing with some of these games. Mario Kart Eight, no more tournaments and Mario Kart Eight on Wii U once meeverse goes. Wow. Yeah, um, that's actually true. Players will also won't be able to share their gameplay videos to YouTube. Because that feature was connected to Miiverse. Yes. Wow. Conduit to all these games. Wow. At least we'll always have Angry Luigi. That's funny. Splatoon. One of the most heartbreaking uh, changes. Splatoon uses used Miiverse to populate Ingopolis. Ingopolis. With players' fantastic drawings, which were always rare to see. The feature was so popular in the original Splatoon that Nintendo created a unique Miiverse-style feature for Splatoon 2. Since Switch doesn't have a similar platform. So, Super Mario 3D yeah. World. Uh, more subtle Miiverse effect. Posts would appear on the core select screen. Not the biggest loss, but it's a cute feature, they say. Yeah. Super Mario Maker, which you brought up. Loses a small part of its biggest feature. Players won't be able to comment on shared levels anymore. Yep. Which is a bummer if you want to diss your rival's creation. That's funny. Uh, the, the Nintendo 3DS version lacked the Miiverse functionality level sharing. Uh, Super Smash Brothers for, for Wii U and 3DS. Uh, it showed users' actual posts in the background of the fight. Yeah. Oh, that's a co- cool thing. So you'd be able to... 
Not only well, another more, another thing for Splatoon you is you can't share videos anymore. Post they don't talk about it, but uh, the the Meverse things that you drew would show up as graffiti all around the Splatoon stages. Oh, and those won't be there anymore. And Xenoblade Chronicles X, the Blade Report feature is gone. Not sure what that is. Uh, all caps. Not sure what that is at all. I mean, uh, but that's just uh, a small thing. Basically, what it, it, it it's going to mean is is when it goes away, the Wii U will I, one. I think it's 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 the start of the 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 shutting off of the Wii U's online features. I think total shutdown of Wii U online features will probably follow sh- within a year after. I'll 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 be more bullish on that. I don't think it's going to happen as quickly. Mm, I think it will, but. I think it'll give. Okay. It, I think it'll give it a few more years. I, what I think this is really is that because this is all user related and, and user created material, it's, Nintendo's monitoring this stuff. It's monitoring this, so that's manpower. That's money putting into monitoring this shit. So by their perspective, like we're not selling these games anymore. We're not making money on these games. Why are we putting money into monitoring monitoring this stuff on a, a dying system? Let's pull those resources out of there. So you'd still be able to play online. And so if some people complain about not having their pictures in the background, who cares? Because we're going to be saving money because our manpower is not going to be going towards that anymore. I that's, wonder, why, that's the way I'm seeing I'm seeing it as dollars and cents. I just wonder point. how much money they're because it's not saving. Any, who knows? If it's if they have a team of 20 people doing it, there's 20 people, their salaries go somewhere else. Okay. That's, sure. that's all I'm saying. If it's even that. Because there's no extra money in having the Miiver, all this functionality there. The servers right. are still going to be up. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just think it's going to leave the Wii... I, I just think this is, to me... It's a death knell for sure. It's but... a death knell because it's going to leave the the Wii U empty, barren. It's going to look like a desert. Yeah, you're not, because... You're not going to get that flavor. You're not going to get that social feeling. Yeah, because though. honestly, they could have put that stuff in the Switch very easily. They decided not to. So it's like, all right, that was a cute part because the Switch actually, you know... The thing is, is I don't necessarily think a lot of people used the Miiverse, but the people... I thought it was cute. The people who did really, really got into it. And then, of course, that cut to that, the, the shitty app that I can't remember the name of it anymore that died out for two weeks asking you what type of bread you like eating in the morning. The Miitomo never had anything to do with the Miiverse, honestly. Well, you imported, you imported your Mii into it. What do you mean? Well, Mii's were different than the Miiverse. The Miiverse was like the Facebook. But anyways, I, yeah, but... I don't know. It's just a, it's just kind of a sad thing. It well, in really, general, the Mies are gone. It, it really highlights how uh, Mies are a legacy now. They're not. They're not really going to push it in the future. You're a legacy. Anyways, let's go. All right, Ian. We like Blue Apron. We do. What have you? What have you just cooked over the past weekend, Ian? Blue Apron. Oh, okay. We did. Um, Chicken with blistered charm tomatoes and green beans. Green beans and no, it's it's well, hey, if only. Um, it's like a cherry tomato, only slightly larger. Only they're really like sweet and delicious, and you blister them in a pan. Basically, you cook them until they pop a little bit and get a little bit soft, but not like too soft. It was really delicious. Uh, tomorrow we're doing the lamb and beef burgers. I'm looking oh, forward to that. I've done beef burgers. I've not done lamb and beef burgers. Oh, yeah. They sent us lamb and beef burgers. Well, you just cooked the one. By the way, Blue Apron. is. Your... Oh, we did do the shrimp, the orzo, and that's, the that's green what beans. I did. That, that was, was very really good. good. Wasn't that good? That was, was that very tasty? tasty. And you know what I liked about that one? Um, Blue Apron is great uh, in terms of making sure everything's seasoned well. Mm-hmm. But that one was like 
light and fresh tasting. Sure. So Blue Apron, what is Blue Apron? For less than $10 per person for a meal, they deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your home, ready-to-cook meals, per- high-quality stuff, usually, as far as I know, it's locally sourced food. It's fresh. Um, there's a good variety you choose. When you go online, you choose out of, out of between two and four recipes for that week what you want. You can do uh, meals for two people or four. If you, want, if you have a family size, go to blueapron.com slash CU podcast and you get your first three meals free. And they're crazy about like the quality of the ingredients. Like no, we got good. a we got a card with our last shipment and it was like, hey, we always want to make sure we're supporting local farmers and providing the most quality ingredients. The local farmer we love to use uh, didn't have, you know, uh, enough fresh tarragon, so we're replacing that with oregano. Yeah. The, and it's going to go great with your meal. Yeah, they, they did replace it for one of my recipes. And, and they it. explain it, and they explain why the flavor is going to go fine. So, like, they're not going to just send you crap just to send it to you. They're going to, you know, if, if something's not up to standard, they're going to replace it and tell you why. Um, now they're now offering 30-minute meals. All right, I want to look into that. Uh they are made with the same flavor and farm fresh ingredients you know and love and are ready in 30 minutes or less. This week's menu, uh, excuse me, upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis Ooh. with cal- Calabrian chili mayonnaise and caprese salad. Wow, that's interesting. Caprese? 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 I'm Italian, right? You know that. Is that Italian? Soy glazed pork and rice cakes with oh, choy oh my and God. green no. beans. You, that's so good. I, okay. No, I, that's so good. The rice cakes. Oh, you, my oh, God. Oh, you Co- had that? Okay. Korean rice cakes. I've, I've had that, you, you, but Korean rice cakes are like so good. I doing your finger. Skillet vegetable chili. Ooh, with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits. Uh, okay. Oh, I might be on board for that. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, more more shrimp, garlic butter, shrimp, and corn with green bean salad and roasted purple Yo, tomatoes. You were the one who said under three minutes. <laughs> Under what? Under three minutes. Oh, get the redone? Oh, this, again, go to blueapron.com <laughs> slash CU podcast. God, I'm hungry. I'm out of Blue Apron. I got I to re-up. Uh, and you get your first three meals free with free shipping. Again, blueapron.com slash CU podcast. And Loot Crate, Ian. Loot Crate. Why do we like Loot Crate? That is a, because it's a crate full of loot. And it is aimed at people like us. You get... Cool figurines, you get keychains, you get t-shirts, and what is this month's theme, Pat? This month's theme, Ian, as I try to open my loot crate, uh, you have until, let's see, robotic is September. Ooh, I like robots. So you have until September 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to sign up at lootcrate.com slash Pat, enter code Pat to save 10% while I open this, damn it. I got this was in the last one. We're gonna open up the box right now. We're gonna do it right now. We're gonna get those rookies. We're gonna see what was in the box. So let's see, what was it? Oh yeah. I'm actually yeah. Is it free knives? It's a Legend of Zelda shirt. Oh, that's actually pretty goddamn cool. Alright. And it's shaped like Link. I'm wearing that next podcast. Alright, that's very cool. And no no extra charge to you, Luke Crazy. <laughs> and then you have uh, Lord of the Rings color change glass. All right. Whoa. I like color. Color change glasses are starting to get to come back popular. again. Oh, I can't what, wait for what? freaky freezies. Oh, fuck you. I was just going to say that. They <laughs> oh. had a Kickstarter a couple years ago. Did they? And I missed out on did it. Did it win? Did it win? Or, or did it, it, I mean, did it complete? Yeah, I want freaky freezies back. I had the hockey puck one. I want the penguin one now. And speaking of penguins, <gasps> you have Is it Adventure, Gunter? Uh, Adventure Time. You have nice King and Gunther. Mm. 
There's something adult collectible, not a toy. Ian. But it is. What is it, Ian? It's Ice King and Gunter. So go to lootcrate.com slash pet, enter code pat, and you save ten percent. And then this also has a nice uh, pin here. So everything's now exclusive on Loot Crate. They don't screw around anymore. Oh really? Yeah. They, for a while they've been that. Yeah. There's there's uh they they've cut down the number I think of, of stuff in general. But it's higher quality overall. It's more bang for your no, buck. No, I think we've noticed that over the past couple. It's all high quality. So get robotic. Nice. Uh, you're going to have robotic. So it's going to have Star Wars, Star Trek, Aliens, and Blade Runner. Oh, I won't have anything left. My, my girlfriend's going to go through all that and steal everything. So lootcrate.com slash pat. Enter code pat to save 10%. If Ian's nice to me, he'll get Gunther. <laughs> Ian. Yeah. This is one of those times where I like talking about NES prototypes because this is one that I always wanted to see come to light. Hopefully it gets dumped. We're talking SimCity for the NES. I love SimCity, but like specifically the first one. You like the charm, the simplicity, even before SimCity 2000? I love SimCity 2000. SimCity 2000. That wasn't too complex for me, but it raised the the bar just enough. SimCity 2000 is fun, but SimCity is a game I can throw on almost any night. The Super Nintendo version, the original PC version, and just play for an hour or two and then never go back to it. Like, I'll just play a city in a night. Just a little simple city. I'm done. No yeah. plumbing needed in original SimCity. <laughs> plumbing was a bitch plumbing. in SimCity 2000. Yeah. Screw you needing clean water. Anyway, and running it through the city. Um, so, SimCity... Was famously featured in, I think, the pack walk, watch section of a fall issue in 1990 Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. Saying it's coming out in the NES in the spring, 91. That never happened. Of course, it came out in the Super Nintendo famously. It was very popular. Very good game on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Lots yeah, of kids I never had it. super well. I never had it. I, I think, but a couple years later, I got 2000 on the PC CD-ROM and played that a lot there. I so, love that the Super Nintendo version felt very Nintendo, too. With yeah, Bo- with, with Bowser a, and, and the a little, little guy, the and professor, the mayor, yeah, 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 or yeah, mayor, professor, whatever, helper, guy, kind of like Mario's little <laughs> uncle. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know. I, I guess this is the, the there was two prototypes that were confirmed to exist. Yeah, uh, one that was in a gold Zelda shell, and then now this one. So, so the gold Zelda shell was, shell was featured in, a, I guess, a later Nintendo Power mm-hmm. magazine, saying, "Hey, look what we have here. Still, we have this." So I was like, oh, that's great, Nintendo. Why don't you get it out there or help us get this? Well, they didn't find own the publishing rights anymore, so they probably couldn't do that. They had the publishing rights back in the Super Nintendo days. Right. Uh, they published it. Uh, so it was even featured on Video Power, uh, Johnny Arcade going through it. Um, I never watched Video Power. I used to watch Nick Arcade with the awesome Phil Moore. Yes. Gives a good hug, Phil Moore. Oh, God, does he give a hug. Good, good to share a milkshake and a hamburger with, too. So Johnny Arcade uh, was at the WCES or CES back in 91 and it's just a, a video for a minute of him playing it and it shows him you know scrolling around the city and it looks like SimCity. It looks like the Super Nintendo one just downsized to it the It should NES. since that game was originally released in well you keep 89? talking while I look that up. 89 on the PC? I almost want to say earlier but anyway. Anyway so yeah I mean how much computing power do you really need for a game like SimCity to run? Just what I would think what the scalability would be the main factor on a Super Nintendo, right? Like how many, how, like how large can your map be? In order you are to right, 1989. Pat knows something about video games sometimes. Anyway, so I want to see this game dumped because I want to play it. For some reason, yeah, me too. For some reason, this appeals to me a lot more. 
I can't explain why I've been playing it on the Super Nintendo, mainly because there isn't a game like this on the NES right now. And I think it would um, work really well. Yeah, why not? It works well on the Super. It's like you, it's like the, you need a huge amount of graphical power to run this. Well, no, and it works well on a PC with a two-button mouse. You sure. have a two-button controller. It and that's should, all you need. It should work. I, I, I mean, oh, ideally, sl- it should work well. well. Yeah, you have a select and start button as well to help you. I mean, you don't have your function keys, but you should be able to probably move to the top of the screen and get some functions. And I mean, it, it well, sure. Should... The, on, on the on the video power, Johnny Arcade scrolling over across, and the map is moving. So it's not like there was a video release. The reason I'm talking about this there was a video released, um, then posted on Nintendo Age, where a guy's showing a, a map generator, a, a quote unquote random island, and he's playing there. But if you look at the other footage online on Video Power, it's the, it's, it looks like the game. It looks like the actual game. You have nice. a little professor or whatever guy, helper running across and talking to you. So I'm hoping that this gets dumped. It looks like the same guy owns both somehow. So that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, I'm hoping this is not held hostage, but you never know. You okay. never know with people. But... But I'll, I'll send I'll send you a, a, a certain NES guidebook if I can uh, <laughs> convince. If you I can just dump, dump it. it, just dump it. Make sure I, I, I'm I'm guessing if he owns both, I'm guessing they're both the same version that are some sort of beta version. I'll send yeah. you nudes. You'll send nudes. I'll send nudes. All right. So, any other, any other things to talk about with this besides the fact that I just want to see this? No. I, I thought this was uh, the one that was featured uh, on Seinfeld's wall. He had like a few games there. He had Tetris. Oh. But, but <laughs> I always thought it was. I, was like, no, I think it was a Super Nintendo box on the on the Seinfeld's yeah. wall. He has a bunch of VHS tapes, and then there was like a few games with like Tetris and a few others. And I was like, oh, is that the is that the? No, why would he have a prototype box? Yeah, I hate Seinfeld. Later. You don't like Seinfeld? No. What's the deal with SimCity on the NES? Where is it? I don't get it. <laughs> Kirby enthusiasm, though. Better. All right. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if this gets uh, this gets dumped, hopefully. We'll see if there's a, a, a repro homebrew. I would guess if that happened that Maxis would go after him or whoever owns Maxis at this point. EA. EA owns him. Yeah, I don't know if EA would probably like that, but, you know, I think this is good. This is good. You're, you're seeing this more and more every year. More of these prototypes getting found. Um, there's there's some I still would like to see. I, then I guess I don't think the Hellraiser one ever got really to even the prototype phase. They just did assets for, I believe, in very minor programming. Right. Nothing actually playable, I believe. Um, but you know, eventually you're going to run out of these. But let's enjoy the ride while we're still here. For enjoy that SimCity ride. Make sure your traffic patterns are copacetic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk defenders. Defenders, Ian. Way back in the the BC before CU podcast, the BC is that yeah. when they first announced all this stuff? Or no, they announced it about a year into that. They announced this this really wacky plan on Netflix where you're going to have all these series of these B lister superheroes in the Marvel universe. Really, and Daredevil's like a B plus. Uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. You're going to have a, have these series, and they're going to come together for a team up series. That was always a plan from the start. Yep. And generally, all these Netflix series have been well-received. Uh, my favorites have been the Daredevil ones. My favorites were Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Luke Cage, I thought the first half was very good, and I thought it kind of tailed off a bit. Jessica Jones, I thought, was a chore to get through. I think it could have been three or four episodes shorter. You are one of the like, only people I know who thinks that, but it was very depressing. Get to the point. Oh, that too. It was, it was, it was like going through trauma watching the show, too. Well, the first time yeah. I talked to you about yeah. it, it had nothing to do with length. It had everything to do with the 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 
content of the series. Well, sure, that too, but it, it was, I, always, I said from the start also I thought it was too long. Because you, you basically had one villain running run, roughshod through the second half of the series. And it was like, all right. It's like, can we throw something else in here? Like, I liked how they had the standalone stories for a few episodes. I was like, all right, with an overarching theme. But once, once he showed up, David Tennant was like, now it's just his show. Hold on. Anyway, that was good. Um, what was the one? Iron Fist? I was, you missed that. You were gone there. I, thought, I refused to sh- watch Iron Fist after I heard. Look, Iron you Fist gotta is. You got to give it a shot. No. I will not. Iron Fist is one of my absolute favorite Marvel mm. characters, and I'm not going to watch him done horribly. And after watching The Defenders, I'm come out with it right now. I thought Defenders was great. I thought eight episodes was fantastic for it, except for the fact that Danny Rand is a fucking crying baby, and that's not how he's written. He's a piece <laughs> of shit. He's the least interesting aspect of the show, and it makes me mad because he could be so much more. You can watch... There is a teeny bit of complexity... Of him in the Iron Fist series. No, I, I refuse to believe that. I, the related, then where did no, it go in Defenders? They needed a basically a like they made him the MacGuffin. They made Iron Fist the MacGuffin of the Defenders, whether you like it or not. I I, I, I feel like that's probably, but I feel like his personality was that way probably all the way through. They're, they're, they made him a MacGuffin, but I but him. He was probably well, the same they, character. Well, I think part of the... I'm not saying this right or wrong. The reasoning was, when you see him in Iron Fist, he's sort of, you know, fresh-faced. He, he doesn't. He hasn't had the power that long. Um, he, he's just leaving Kunlun. And so it's sort of like, well, he's now sticking out on his own, and let's see what happens. And he comes back, and he takes back the Rand Corporation, or tries to, and that's a part of the drama that season, is trying to wrest that away from uh, the Rand father's partner and partner's uh, son and daughter in that sure. There's some interesting stuff that happens. Like I said, I, I wouldn't pan it entirely. There's some good fight scenes. There's some good fights with the hand in there. Okay. Um, there's some interesting dynamics, I'd say, between him and uh, you, you would, if you're more familiar with the comics than me. There's a, a, a monk from Kunlun who's his friend that comes and tries to get him to come back. So they fight together okay. and there's a dynamic because then they okay. go against each other. And then there's an awesome... Uh, there's an awesome sword fighting scene in the rain between uh, well, well, the character you saw, uh, the girlfriend, I forget her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to be a part of the hand. Yep. So there's an awesome fight scene between her and Kabuto, who was one of the, the yeah. five fingers of the hand that you saw. So there are some good good moments. Okay. Some moments. In terms of his martial arts, pr- martial arts prowess, it got the job done. Got the job done. Okay. But what I'm going to say is all these, all these, speaking of them, uh, Daredevil, Iron Fist, all these four are sticking their jabs. All, all of them are yeah. taking their jobs yeah. for our superheroes. I'm not sure why. Anyway, so Defenders, I thought was very shaky. I thought, hmm? I thought it was it, the best episode was probably them just sitting in the Chinese restaurant talking about shit, eating food, and getting attacked. Uh, that was probably the most that interesting was a episode. really good episode. Most interesting episode to me because they learn about each other. Matt's like, all right, I don't know if I want to deal with this bullshit. I'm going to get away from this. And it's like, you know he's going to get together. Um, but I do agree with you that Danny Rand is a little bitch in, in, in these series. He has a good heart, but he's just, like I said, he's whiny. He makes some dumb bullshit. going to talk like this the he, entire he, series. Well, he's got to cover up his, his accent. I'm going to laugh. Like, Maybe once. When Luke Cage tries to make me laugh because Marvel's going to pretend like a Luke Cage. 
Iron Fist series would be any good. But with uh, me as an actor, it's going to be horrible. I, I, well, I'm blaming the writing more than his acting. Not that he's the best actor for this, but the writing is not good for his character. No, the writing is awful for it's his character. What, it, what, what, what really should have been... <clears throat> Iron Fist has been written well a number of times, but in the early 2000s, uh, Matt Fraction wrote an Iron Fist run and Dave Asia did the art for it. And it is the template that basically all Danny Rands should be written from. He takes things seriously when he needs to, but he quips, he jokes, he has fun. It's the Danny Rand that would fill the perfect slot in this lineup. Okay. He would play perfectly off of Luke Cage. He would play perfectly off of Jessica Jones. He would needle and get under the skin of Daredevil. It would be amazing. Yeah. And all we get is this boring... Ah! Jesus Christ, Pat. Just mute your fucking computer. I, it somehow came back to life and I was checking something going. And all we get is this boring dude who talks in muted tones about ancients. And it's just fucking awful. Yeah, there's not a lot of life to him. No, there, there's even, zero life. Even to him. Matt, who's a dark character overall, like he has some funny moments and he can joke about stuff. I fucked my hand and had a better reaction out of it. <laughs> Your hand didn't feel ashamed afterwards. No, my hand was a lot more excited. <laughs> I think they're gonna do it. I think they have to do a Luke Cage and Iron Fist series. They do in Luke. They're, they're, Cage. But they are going to do a, a season two of Luke Cage. It's already confirmed. No, I know, but I mean, they 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 teased it in that one scene. You know, oh, they talk to each other. Yeah. yeah, but they they really need. They got to rewrite his character. They got to. No, they have to rewrite it one hundred percent. And the only way they can do that is if they put it with Luke Cage and get Luke Cage to put a fire under his ass, because in the comics. Get him to loosen up a bit. Especially in the early days of like Luke Cage and Iron Fist and those characters being introduced, those two played off each other so well that that's what both actually propelled them into more serious roles that were both funny but but sure. but serious. And I think if you're gonna if you're gonna salvage the Marvel. Um, TV universe's version of, of Iron Fist, you've got to do it through Michael Cole. You got, you got, or Mike, uh, he, sure. You know, you know what? Cole. I don't know yeah. how he's, how he's written, but I do think he's a lot more interesting character than Iron Fist is in these, in these. Yeah, I love Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I, I think, I think he could do. He's boring too for me for, to, for uh, a different reason. Not, not to me, but I, I think he could. I think them as a team, I think he could carry him. And I, I think there's an arc they could work where he lightens up sure. Danny. Sure. In New York. Absolutely. Helping out Harlem or whatever. Yeah, sure. Get, get him out of this Kun Lun fucking mindset and, and brighten him. Can we see the fucking Iron Fist costume? I mean, that's like one of the the, the nice things about him is it's it's cool that it's cool to see he's at the. It is, but I mean, we uh, we only saw Luke Cage in costume once. Sure, but that's Luke Cage. I mean, the only person and we've that, ever really seen in any costume is Daredevil. Sure, sure. I mean, why why is it so silly to have a Daredevil costume, but not have an Iron Fist costume when he already is a, a, a kung True. fu warrior? True. He's got the fucking tattoo. Yeah, so that's already silly. Give him the fucking green and yellow outfit. Give him the little cl cl cloth fucking bandana over his head with the eye. Like, just do it. Just give it to me. Sure. 
Come on, you have Spider-Man in this universe now. You can have Iron Fist. But I do. I did like the story, and I did like the. Re- uh, it, it actually made me like the Electra, um, um, black, black, uh, black sky, black sky character more. Um, I Sigourney it, Weaver was great. Sigourney Weaver was. Fucking By the way, fantastic. this is all spoilers. It's been yeah, spoilers. Sorry. I was disappointed that they killed her halfway through the season. I no, they killed her in episode six out of ten episodes. That's halfway eight. through. There was only eight. There was only eight episodes. Oh, okay, all right. So she was she was out with only two episodes left to go, and the last two episodes were all right. A rolling. I didn't a want rolling her, tumble. I didn't want her to die because I don't think her story was fully told. I think it was. I still don't know where the fuck she came from. Why do they want to go back to where the fuck they want to go back to? That was really not explained. We want to go back to Kunlun. Why? If you got kicked out of it, like why? Like why do you want to go back so badly? Like what's what's driving you to because go back there? Because it's either get more substance in the real world, or go back to Kunlun for to continue eternal life, or go back to Kunlun for eternal life. Well, they, to me, that wasn't explained enough about Kunlun giving you eternal life. The black goo, yes, that's eternal life. But going to Kunlun, that wasn't explained to me. Okay, that was my understanding. But. I think that that to me was was un, unfarmed that motivation. Oh no, character. I'm sorry. The goo was in Kunlun. That was what it was. Okay, they were the, using. See, they, they needed to use the Iron Fist to get back to Kunlun so they could get the goo. Well, that was what was sloppy to me. Okay. They, they have Iron Fist break down the, the barrier. Literally, that to me was kind of weirdly. That was not. And that was odd. That's what I mean. That was that was the MacGuffin. They break through. They got the the dragon fucking uh, huge skeleton in the ribs. They start cutting through. I guess to get the black goo. Yes. What is that? How does that get them to Kunlun from there? That's, that's. I think that was the door into Kunlun. See, that's it wasn't. It was like, it was just let's get. That's what they needed another episode. It's a comic book show, but I, see, I know. But, but I understand. So my thought was, and, and it was similar to yours. Um, I thought it was more interesting if if they had Electra get back her basically her her personality, but still had Sigourney Weaver. I thought it'd been a lot more interesting, at least to me. I I actually wanted to see her kill Sigourney Weaver and I expected Sigourney Weaver to die off before the end of the show because it was Sigourney Weaver and she probably commanded a high price. <laughs> at, at some point, dude, you look at these shows and you see these characters walk on stage and you go, they're not paying for a full season. Then don't hire them then. I, I don't think, I think they just, I think that was just the plot just because uh, halfway through, well, Luke Cage, I kill off the main the main villain, and halfway through, uh, Luke Cage. it's true. And, and but also, Sigourney Weaver was, I mean, there was cruelty towards Elektra that Elektra did not take kindly to because she was not completely not, wiped out. I I'm mean, not, I'm not saying the motivation wasn't there to kill her. Okay, I was just saying I would have preferred if they went a little more complex than oh, the revenge thing. She's sure. out of the picture. I mean, Sigourney Weaver could be in anything, and I'd be happy. But. I love the I love the lone wolf character of the hand. Probably my favorite character of the whole thing. Don't like how he was just killed off just like that, but whatever. Yeah, M- uh, Madame Gal. Right, she can do Hadoukens and push stuff around. Like I've always liked uh, Madame Gal throughout I, the throughout the universe. Though I have this was too much for me. Sure. This was a little bit too much ma- like magic over the top. For Fair me. enough. I felt I, that way at certain points. I understand that she that's be shown as powerful and keep people at bay. Throwing like tele, basically telekinesis at will. That was a little bit too much for me. I liked it in little spurts, not just constantly doing it. Problematically, I think they should have introduced a little bit more of that throughout the series because 
that's what she can do. Sure. I think throwing it all in in defenders was a was a bad mistake. I'll tell you what I didn't like, and this is where I didn't like it. Let's shoehorn in every fucking secondary and tertiary character from every every uh, series we've had so far, and just to fit them into the plot somehow. I couldn't stand that aspect of this. Where let's get in. Let's get in the the informant from Luke Cage for his one scene, so Luke can uh, get get the information. Why are you leaving with that? Remember the guy who went after and asked him about? It? So you're not going to like me if I have to come back because I don't like you right now. That guy getting him back in, but then they have to throw in Misty Knight. Yes, she's a cop. You that have makes to put sense. Her, yeah, next. But then you got Night Nurse showing up. Probably a little bit too much for me. No, yeah. she was. She's been huge in all of the episodes. They've been leading up to her being this huge. Too much. I'm no, saying, no, this, this is where we have to disagree. She's you have been, every, uh, I, 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 I like seeing Foggy a little bit. Um, Foggy was fine. I, a little bit. Um, but then I don't, I, I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I don't have to pigeonhole them in together and then get them all in the same location to, so they can all talk to each other. That, to me, was that where it crossed sort of the line of let's just get them all in. And then I understand, again, spoilers, I understand you got to cut. Off Misty Knight's arm because they did it in the comics. That was pure pigeonholing. That was pure fan service. And it was so stupid how all the cops are sitting around, not going into the fucking building. Oh, Misty sees the one door. They didn't decide to pop with a couple rounds to get in. That was just like, you got to be fucking kidding well, me. At I, that, by with, that point. with her losing the arm, I knew it had to happen. But Vonnie goes, here's where she loses it's, her arm. That was... No, and she didn't. And then two seconds later, she loses her arm. And That's I was, was like, like yeah. if you're not going to have her lose her arm where Vani calls it, like... Don't do it out of nowhere. Don't do it out of nowhere. Just wait, you know? Because yeah. they teased it in Luke Cage. So I didn't even realize that. I'm trying to remember Luke Cage where they, they te- teased it. They teased it in Luke Cage where they tourniquet her arm. Oh, okay. That's right. So, you know, teased it a few times. I, um, Washies. I, I don't remember. I'm not retaining anything from Washies, I just realized. I, I absolutely have to disagree with you on Night Nurse, though. Rosario Dawson. I love Rosario Dawson. She's been an integral part of every series, and she is the. Without her, there would no be. There would not, okay. There would not be a foundation okay. for the defenders. She she didn't bother me as much. You know who really bothered me was Jennifer Jones' uh, talk show friend. That bothered me. That probably the most out of Hellcat's going to be important. I, See, I don't see. I'm not even familiar with the with the terms there, but all I know is I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the. I, then you don't know the comics well enough to comment. But but I don't shouldn't have to to enjoy these series. They have to be written well. But stand but on their but, own. It, but she was in it less. She wasn't in it didn't enough like it. to distract you from the. Series. I was distracted because she didn't. They could have removed her from the story, and it wouldn't have lost anything. It wouldn't. It would but, not have lost anything. It's potential introduction of characters yeah. later on that you would not want to just appear okay. because then you'd complain that they just appeared out of nowhere. No, I'm just saying heroes. you got to use all these these secondary characters. You don't have to use them all. That's all. That's all. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I'm not I'm not entirely happy that uh, David Tennant's going to be showing up again in season two of Jessica Jones because I thought I saw enough of him. Unless it's, unless it's flashbacks, I don't want another fucking whole season centered around that villain. No, I don't think it's going to. So, all right. By the way, he was fantastic. As Scrooge McDuck, and I don't think you fucking watched that yet. You why do why do I have to watch that when you didn't review the new game for a year and a half, and I got to watch the series right away because I knew I'd fucking hate it. But you didn't the game. Yeah, I did. No, I the seri- no, the series. No, I didn't hate the series. I thought the, seri- the 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 new the the first episode was fucking great. Ian, 
that DC expanded movie universe is in fine shape right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's in fucking fantastic shape. So let's talk about that. A <laughs> There's little like bit. 14 things to run down. Um, no, I'm just going to run down a couple. So the DC extended universe, which is the competition to the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, was basically Warner Brothers' answer to what Marvel is is doing. Yeah, at first, if you look, if you remember back. Back when they were doing Green Lantern and when they did uh, Man of Steel, DC uh, Warner Bros. came out and said, "We're not going to we're not going to emulate what Marvel's doing. We're going to have all these standalone movies." All of a sudden, Avenger comes out and makes a jillion dollars, and like, okay, fuck that Superman sequel. We're we're going to fast track Batman v Superman right. to get this universe going. So they do, and Batman v Superman makes some money, but not enough to make the money back, and it gets critically panned. critically pans. And then they double down on this cinematic universe. Some sort of Suicide Squad. Some sort of Suicide Squad. <laughs> and then they bring out Suicide Squad, which gets... Makes money. Makes money, critically but banned. not enough, and critically panned. Then they put out Wonder Woman. A hey. great a great movie. Very good movie. Very good movie. I loved it. I say very good before great, but very good. And it made money. And, and it, it made it, money. And it was good. And it was good. But the whole thing's on shaky legs. Shaky legs. Shaky, stanky legs. <laughs> Thank you, Fillmore. Um, Fillmore and his stanky leg. Um, so we get a joke. We're getting a Joker movie. Why? Okay. We're getting a Joker movie. We're getting a Joker and Harley Quinn movie. Separate movies. Separate movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get there. We're getting a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, which is going to be part of the DCEU. And... Much to my uh, gag reflex, it's going to be played off kind of like a romance movie, almost comically from what I've read, which is gross because their whole relationship is kind of based around psychological abuse. So this is going to be the Jared Leto. That's going to be the Jared so Leto. In the continuity and, of and, Suicide and, Squad. And uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Margot Robbie. Rob, Robbie Mar- whatever. Margot Robbie. Yeah. 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 Um, um, uh, Harley Mr. Quinn, J. Mr. J, and then um, then we're gonna get a Joker movie that's completely outside of the DC EU, using someone completely different as the Joker, and it's going to be one of those auteur directed movies that they kind of did earlier, like with the the Nolan um, Batman movies. This is oh. the one that Scorsese is producing. I don't, I I, I don't know. Yeah. whatever. Yeah, Scorsese it, is producing it. So Scorsese. That's why they're like, oh, Scorsese. Oh, oh, oh. Let's do it. So, whoa, okay, fine. Okay, so that's outside the DCEU, and that's weird, and that's going to confuse people, and that's strange. So, also, we get a Batman movie announced that people originally are under the impression that it is not a DCEU movie. Now, some people are like, no, this was wildly misreported and this, that, and the next thing, and it is a DCEU movie, and it is. It's a DCEU movie. But the reason why this was misreported so widely is because it's not going to use any threads or any relation to any current DCEU movie or anything that happens within Justice League. So no threads, no connections. Like no connections. How, how every Marvel movie has at least something, right. some small thread. Right, exactly. Even even Guardians of the Galaxy with the, the jewels and yes. things like that. 
leading up to the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff like that. Um, this has no connection. So this could be, in the event of a DCEU collapse, be taken as a movie outside of the DC Extended Universe. You think that's why they're doing that? Or just the fact that the, the, the director doesn't want to deal with trying to connect it? He wants his vision, a standalone detective Batman movie, which I'm all for, by the way. What what the fuck's yeah. the difference, is my question, really. Well, the difference is, is that it's the same universe that you know Wonder Woman's running around somewhere and Superman's flying around. That's sure, what. but if that all fails, it doesn't matter. You, oh, don't, need, you don't need to, well, to know. They also canceled the Cyborg standalone movie already. Right. So what this shows me is that there's and no... There's, there's, and, there's been, and there's been problems with the Aquaman movie, too. They changed directors on yeah. it. What this shows me is that there is no longer any faith in the DC Extended Universe. Probably they realized that they don't have the fortuitiveness or at least the uh, someone to guide them, like Kevin uh, Feig for the Marvel Universe. They don't have someone. There's too many cooks. Too many cooks. And they don't have one person to say, fuck you, we're not doing that. This is our plan and this is what we're doing. They, they realize that we don't have that. They don't have... That um, one person to guide them. You know, it, it's something that's, that's cooled me a little bit on, on Marvel movies, even though I can always count on them being good. But they don't have a style guide. They, they have no effective style guide, and they have no cohesion, and they have... Basically, no one's on the same page with the DCEU. At least with the Marvel movies, you can say everyone's on the same page. Sure. Everyone knows what look they're going for and what tone they're going for. DC, not a fucking chance. And that's the only thing that happened in the Marvel Universe is that they, they jettisoned the Ant-Man director because he wasn't following what they wanted to do for the larger part. I would have loved to have seen Edgar Wright yeah. do an Ant-Man movie. But, but, you, but you understand why. But, it's like you're playing in our sandbox. You have to abide by our Edgar structure. would have done something very different from what all the other directors did. Sure. I still think there's room for that. Sure. To some aspects. And I would like to see but, that. And I understand. I, I would like to see. Here's my thing. I... If, if people have been listening to what I've said about DC, I think what Marvel's doing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is working for them okay. As time goes on, I get more and more leery of it, or more weary of it, I guess. I want to see the DC, cinematic, or the DC Extended Universe fail, because I think these DC movies have always done better with their own director's artistic visions. Sure. All you have to do is look at the uh, Nolan movies. And we haven't even gotten to all the Joss Whedon reshoots that reportedly are still going on. Or, yeah. And so at first, like, yeah, they're just finishing the reshoots. And it's like, oh, no, it sounds like they're gutting the film partially. Yeah. Uh, Lex Luthor's character that's re responsible for getting them in this situation has reportedly been cut entirely. From Justice League. Well, and like, let's not even that's touch a, on that's fucking weird. being a dirtbag. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel mean, bad now. I mean, say what we want about Zack Snyder. From personally, I have no issues with the fucking guy. He sounds like a nice guy. Creatively. Who? Uh, Zack Snyder. No, he doesn't sound like a nice guy. He loves rape. But both him but and But he's Zach... actually doing it. Or, or being awful. That's a, that's a difference. Joss Whedon's a cheater. They're both awful people. But all I have to say is, Whedon did not have to do this many reshoots on Avengers. Oh, he directed. Oh, you're saying he directed, but you're saying afterwards he didn't have to do the reshoots. Well, that's what I mean. He's putting, he's making the movie his own. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is there's definitely larger problems with DC and Warner Brothers than there are with Well, Marvel. of course. Yes. 
That's all I'm Be- getting. Because he saw Zack Snyder's work and he said, this is not a Joss oh, Whedon. Oh, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and th- th- what I read, it's, they're probably even going to petition to have co-director status because he's going to redirect a certain amount okay, of it. I get what you're saying. It's basically yeah. a Superman 2 uh, fiasco happening again. I see what you're saying. Where okay. the, I, I had no idea. But, okay. Where the awesome Richard Donner had directed like 80% of Superman 2 was done because right. he shot it with Superman 1. And then they got uh, what John uh, Lester in um, and he reshot enough to get gamester? No. Is it the same name, John Lester? <laughs> I don't know. I was just wondering. Yeah. I didn't know Gamester directed Superman 2, but he did. <laughs> but um anyway. So they sh- he reshot enough of the movie to take Richard Donner's name off of it entirely, but there's still Richard Donner shot footage in Superman 2. Right. But that's I think what's happening here. Okay. Is that they're gonna reach he's reshooting enough to at least get his name on halfway. I don't know what the rules are with the director's guild if it's fifty fifty to, sh- to get both or forty or thirty, but that's what I read. Right? And was it John Lester to direct the Superman too? <laughs> Not Gamester. <laughs> Gamester. Richard Lester, not John Lester. Richard Lester directed Superman. Gamester was a savant at the age of like three eight. or two or yeah. one. <laughs> uh, anyway, so okay, that's what's going on here. I, I'll just say this: I have Joker's a great character. I, I I do not like the idea of doing prequels for fucking villains or two-hour movies for villains. There's going to be a shitty Doctor Doom movie that they're going to fucking make. That I'm afraid to tell Frank about because he's gonna have a stroke when I tell him. Villains, honestly, if there was one villain that could use a movie, it would be Doom. No, no, he doesn't. I want a good Fantastic Four movie. No, so with do Doctor I. Doom in it. So I mean, same, but but Doom's at least. An I don't need. I don't villain. need College Doom. No, I don't, I don't need, need that. College but that's what you're gonna fucking see because fucking uh, Vent- High School Doom. Venture, said, Venture, <laughs> Venture Brothers did College Doom. Oh, they did. I was gonna say you're gonna see High School yes. Doom. Uh, pining over a girl that goes out with a high school jock, and that's why Doom wants to take over the Can world. Can we move on? We're going to see that. We're done. You're done with that? Okay, what's next? All right, let's do regular Q&A first. Then I'm going to go home and... Make love to your hand again? This is from... No. This is from at YoshiVu. Congrats on matrimony, Yoshi. Uh, with classic consoles and games like Sonic Mania, is retro slash retro style gaming becoming mainstream, increasing interest slash prices? We've kind of covered this before when it comes to modern indie games. And I think it does increase. It depends. When you look at something like Sonic Mania and you look at something like modern indie games that couldn't be done on retro systems, you increase an interest in the aesthetic. And I think you increase um, the interest in the the genres uh you know 2d side scrolling platforms um platformers and and things like that and you probably do increase some interest in retro gaming but i don't think everyone who's interested in modern indie games is going to go back to retro games and find themselves infatuated because there are limitations that aren't necessarily um uh you know present with modern indie games I think what's more likely is people who are already interested in retro games are going to find themselves more drawn to modern indie games the other way around. Um, 
like I said, it's not to say that it can't go backwards, but I think it's it's more likely to go from retro gamers are going to find their place in modern games with indie games. Sure, that may, yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. You, the aesthetic only exists mainly to market towards the people that already know that aesthetic. Right. You're not going to... It'd be a lot harder to attract someone that's used to playing first-person shooters to all of a sudden play, oh, I'm going to play Sonic Mania out of nowhere. That's kind of tough. That's a tough sell for something like that. To sort of abandon what they're used to growing up with gaming-wise in a modern sense, and all of a sudden I'm going to play a style going back. Yeah, you could find a cool retro-themed first-person shooter now and someone could be really into it but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to go back and love wolfenstein yes. or doom but if someone really loved wolfenstein or doom and you find them a really cool modern first person shooter with a retro aesthetic yeah they're probably yeah. going to like that a lot yeah i wish there was market research for games like this to really look at okay is this your first game in the franchise is this your third have you been there for 20 years i'd be really curious to see like what that actually looked at i wanted to see i would love to see how many percentage of people would be like oh this is the first sonic game i ever played it looked cool so i got it yeah that would be interesting it'd be interesting i guarantee it's below like 10 percent. although or, I, or, I think it's interesting that it brings up sonic mania because sonic mania despite being 60 frames per second and very smooth and very pretty does actually play a lot like the older sonic games so mm-hmm. There is probably a more of a direct link between someone enjoying Sonic Mania and being able to go back to the Genesis and enjoy Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So it, ju- it so, just depends. Again, so this is catering to that already existing retro-slash-Sonic market. You're not necessarily creating a new one. Sure. So if someone enjoyed this, they could go back and enjoy that. And if someone enjoyed that, they can go forward and enjoy this. But I don't think that that... I think this is an exception to the rule, not the rule. And by the way, this has gotten good reviews, Sonic Mania? For yeah, the, and well, it's fucking fantastic. Well it's, well, it's based upon, you know, it's good it's, games. It's, yeah, begin with. It's, it's just... It's, it's lovely. Oh, it looks nice. It's so pretty. You think Pat the NES Punk would ever play a Sonic the Hedgehog at all? I don't know, but if you were going to, this is a good one to, to do. You've got to switch. I'm just throwing that out there. All right, this is from at Haruko Luffy at Majora's Mask. At Majora's Jack. Oh, at Majora's Jack. Jack and it, Jack and it, Jack and it, Jack. Do you think the Atari box will end up selling well, or will it just bite the dust like any Atari console past the 2600? <laughs> well, that you compare it to the 5200 or 7800. Hey, the 5200 is a wonderful console. Wonderful console, unless you want to actually use the controller. Have it's, be a, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I think we need to know what the Atari box actually is before we pass judgment on it. And I'm well, no, you know, no, we be. don't. Uh, it's gonna <laughs> fail. It's gonna fail. It's a piece of shit. There has been no information lo- uh, announced on it since. Uh, those CG renders. Uh, I still stand by saying that I would rub my dick on the wood grain version. Before I lick it. I hope. I mean, either one. Um, I mean, if you licked it first, that would be more sensuous. Uh, but anyways, no, this thing, I, I, I highly doubt this thing's going to sell. Uh, I noticed that, remember the Dreamcast 2 when we had that shill who kept telling us it was going to be the best thing ever in the comments section? I couldn't tell if that was the best troll ever that idiot really believed that right. Dreamcast 2 was but coming out. But did you notice that after we talked about the Atari box the first time, there was a guy who kept commenting in all the sections about how it was going to have power comparable to the PS4 and the Xbox One. Was it the same person or just someone no, with the same mindset? No, someone different. Yeah, okay. someone with the same mindset. Yeah, it's 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 probably going to be a massive failure. And um, This is my prediction. I don't predict uh, it selling well. Like, all these other old properties trying to be, come into a new system, it's going to get the buzz. 
that every I, website's I bet gonna you, run? I bet you that the next time they release info, uh, Kotaku, Polygon, Destructoid, my asshole, IGN, are, IGN are in my my dickhole are all going to regurgitate the same press conference. Sure, or, or, or press, press release, and you're going to have some YouTubers say, "What do you think, guys? Is going to be a success?" And putting no thought into the, all these past things we've seen fail. Oh, this is going to be great. Unlike everything else we've done, uh, <laughs> smash that like button. <laughs> Thanks, Pixel Dan. We never said a smash I, up. I, I, thing, I, have we? No, we haven't, but I'd like to thank Pixel Dan for putting smash that like button into my lexicon from his April Fool's video. Oh, I have to say that. I don't think You I haven't saw... seen I his April see Fool's video? No, I don't think I have. With pregnant Elsa and no, Spider-Man? I don't think I have. I gotta watch it. It's like one of the jewels of the internet. Uh, yeah, I'm sure his fans didn't get that. It was a giant joke, or maybe hopefully some oh, did. It's beautiful. All right, so this is, it's going to be it's going to be an Android box, right? No, no, it's going to be as powerful as the no, PS4 no, okay. or more. It won't be just like a retro pie or orange pie. This will actually be probably... It'll be an Ouya on an Atari fucking box, right? It's, it's going to be an Xbox One Scorpio. Stop bumping the table, Ian! This is sensitive! Like your dickhole! Like my dickhole. It buzzes! Alright, so I think this is... They're going to they're gonna have the same... Uh, licensed Atari games, but unlike the Dreamcade, they'll actually be licensed. It's gonna available. be the computer from War Games. <laughs> it'll come with tic tac toe. It'll, it'll and come with uh, intercontinental uh, bu- uh, continental ballistic warfare. warfare, whatever missile warfare. The and only submarine way to attack. win is not to play. Sure. All right. Is that all we got on this topic? Yeah. All right. We're gonna do the. We're gonna uh, do the the Patreon Q and A now. And I'm gonna go home and gargle and drugs. All right, here's the Patreon Q&A questions. Here's the Patreon Q&A questions for the week. Don't look at me like a creep like that. Don't look at me like that. Go to patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to ask a question, we have our hotline number there. It's not really a hotline because we're not answering. You want to get a live line eventually? That would go probably well. I think we should do that, yeah. It would be fun. Here's the first question. Hey, Ian and Pat, this is Alan Thompson or... At regular Nintendo on Twitter, I was wondering what your opinions were on Nintendo's disconnection policy on Splatoon 2, being that the Switch has kind of a poor connectivity to the Internet, and do you think it's good or bad, and going forward, do you think Nintendo will keep doing this? All right, thank you. I saw a tweet about this, so I think uh, they they will uh, suspend your account, I guess, if they think you're leaving games without losing properly. And so... Someone showed a screenshot of it, or like uh, they said, "Yeah, it looks like they said, oh, it looks like you left the game, but you really uh, didn't do it properly." So they they like suspend your account for a little bit. Hmm. That's what two, and two That's what I saw. Um, you know, uh, I've been knocked out of a game maybe twice. I haven't seen Vani knocked out of a game very often. Maybe our connection is just pretty solid, but um, when we have been knocked out, I haven't seen that notice come up. So you have or have not have not. Okay. So I don't know if it's looking for something specific, if it's looking for an actual disconnect from, uh, you know, uh, a broadband modem or a cable modem or whatever the fuck they call them these days. Um, but, um, a 56 K modem, you know, a dial- broadband, you're one twenty eight eight. Yeah. One twenty eight eight. I mean, I don't know. Um, but it hasn't been an issue 
And while Nintendo's network may not be the greatest, I have not had any issues with it on the Switch yet. I just, I haven't. This I, is the message. Uh, your previous online play session didn't end naturally, which is pretty suspicious. If this keeps happening, we're going to have to block you from playing on- online for a while. Make sure your internet, internet isn't busted and try again. Pretty okay. strong words from Nintendo. It is. Um, I. The thing is, is if... Everyone had the perception that Nintendo's internet was running smoothly and they did not put this in. People would be complaining all over the place. Sure. Um, damned if you do. Damned if you, damned if you do. Damned if you don't. Like I said, I have not been having any problems with my connectivity involving Splatoon. That said, I've been having teammates drop on my teams in Splatoon 2, but I had my teammates drop in teams on Splatoon 1. Um, I'm not experiencing any difference, really, uh, in gameplay between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 in terms of my own drops and my teammates' drops, which is to say that I get a full team um, per game on average 85 to 90%, and I've never once seen that message. So I think Nintendo kind of has to do this. Yeah, they are on the side of caution, right? Especially as Splatoon 2 does seem to have a more competitive element, even in its more casual areas. Um, I, I can't really fault Nintendo for doing this. Sure. Thanks for the question, Alan. Yeah. Tall glass of water. Next question. Hey, Penny. This is Chris uh, from Boston, Ohio. Uh my question for you guys is, what do you guys think of Sony purchasing Funimation and what it means for the anime industry in the United States? Is it good, bad, just a cash grab, and possible implications for Hollywood? Thank you. I'll defer to you. Thanks for the question, Chris. So did he say Funimation? Sony purchasing purchasing Funimation. Well, I mean, the first thing that I would hope is that Sony could um, get that fucking Funimation app into uh, some sort of workable shape. Because well, the fu- is the app not good? Is it? Is it? Is it's, like, it's awful. Is, is it like a Netflix sort it, of it, thing? It's, yeah, it's just miserable. So Funimation is an anime streaming service that is well known for having the rights to. A lot of uh, the Shonen Jump anime, uh, basically like Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Naruto. A lot of uh, like the the basically, it, I mean that actually means the, the, Shonen Jump. The, like it means like teenage boy centric anime. Okay, not not that that's the only people who watch it, but it's a it's a big bi- it's a big business. So, okay, the streaming website launched this year has over four hundred titles, including Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, One Piece, and Attack on Titan. Yeah. So it's it's big. Um I would like to think that Sony could whip it into shape and get the app into something that's a little bit more usable. Um I they bought, ho- n- they bought 95% is what they're trying to do. I hope that it uh, increases distribution I would hope that having something like Sony would decrease the cost of things like Blu-ray sets, which are, with anime, normally extremely expensive. Um, Obviously, as far as streaming goes, this could, I don't know, I haven't looked into it, potentially screw people over with Xbox Ones who want the streaming app, but I doubt it because they're going to want the money. Money's money. You don't need money. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it, 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 it 
it could be bad, but I really don't see Sony A turning down money and B Funimation seemed like they had so little idea of what they were doing with their streaming service that I think Sony can get that going and uh, Funimation can uh, focus on acquiring licenses. Thanks for the question. And the last one for this time out. Hey, Takunian. My name is Rashid Al-Sayyar from United Abdullahs, Dubai. Big fan of the show. I've been with you guys uh, listening to the podcast from the start. Uh, I want to thank you for the podcast and everything. Uh, my question is, uh, what do you guys think of the developers starting uh, porting mobile games uh, to the Switch? Uh, is it a good thing, or does it like to really the quality of library that all games on the Switch? And maybe if Nintendo does not uh, quality control, maybe all of the uh, freeware and premium mobile games will start taking over the Switch. Uh, thank you, guys. Okay, that was Russia, I believe, from Dubai. What I understood that to be was, what do you think about the potential of um, mobile games taking over the Switch. He, he, yes, or the pro- would that dilute the library and bring down the quality? I, okay, I, I, jeez, um, I, I would think Nintendo would be very careful about what they would bring over. They're not that desperate to get games on the Switch that they would just take any old mobile game and, and have it on there. No, but they have put some mobile games on there, and the ones that they've put on there, I think, have been, um reasonable decisions one when you get the thing i like about mobile games on consoles is it almost always eliminates in-app purchases so you you find you finally you get when you buy it you know you're getting everything so if you messed around with a game on your phone or if you um were always interested in a game but you never touched it because of in-app purchases and this game suddenly appears on your any system because I mean honestly this isn't really just a Switch question um, for nine ninety nine to me it suddenly becomes like oh okay I will try this for this price because it has everything um, so I you know that's a benefit I think to mobile games being ported to consoles also you get real controls. Uh, which is something that I think is beneficial to a lot of games. You just have to be careful to what... The, the companies have to be careful to what they port over, and the consumers have to be careful to sure. what they buy. I'm trying to find a list, and I can't find one of all the mobile games that are on there. But, you know, like, uh, you know, there's there's one called Voez for uh, Switch, which is only playable in portable mode, and it's a touch-only um, rhythm game. But there's no in-app purchases whatsoever. So when you buy the game, you just get the whole thing and you go and you play. And that's nice. Um, to use an old outdated example, all of the Angry Birds games, you know, you would buy them and you would just get everything right off the bat. Uh, that's nice. You know, it's just nice to have everything together in one package. But I, I, I don't think we have to worry about these things taking over um, you know, these, a lot of these mobile game purchases can be looked at the same way as cell phone purchases, I think, especially from the point of view of a person who owns a console and plays video games. If you own a console, like a Switch, and you've paid $300 for this thing, and you're going to go out and play it, these, you're not expecting anything more than a distraction from these. 
So if you're buying the whole package, what I'm getting at is this is not going to take over the system for no, you. No, because why? Otherwise, you never would have bought the Switch. You would have stuck Whatever, with your phone. The, a phone is more portable than a Switch to begin with. Wherever you're going with the Switch, you have your phone to play these games. Yeah. So unless they're going to put in some weird-ass feature that you can't get on the phone, which I can't imagine how that would work or why they would do that. It's generally cheaper to buy the complete mobile game on a system than it is on a phone through IAP. That's basically it. I I just still would rather have my phone because you're going to be in a situation where you have your phone that you won't have your Switch, so you'll at least have it on there. You're not going to double buy it. I would never double buy a game like that. There wouldn't be a point. Either way, it's not going to cross over sure. or cause that much of a, of a problem, I don't think. Mobile to, like, download it now and Nintendo Switch. Are you going to see that? I don't know. You're going to see a certain NES guide app on the Switch? Hmm, wait a minute. Anyway, thanks for the questions. Ian, how can people in the future ask us questions on the CU Podcast a hotline. www.patreon.com slash CU Podcast. There you go. That's how. That's why he makes the big bucks. We're going to do a quick unbox. We haven't done this in a while. We'd like to catch up. We have two packages from Fox over in Asia. Fox is great. He sends us stuff from time to time. You have one if you want to start with yours first. Okay. Alright. Uh, Pat, I can close here with... I love that word. Um, many things from the shelf occupation and d- dust collection. I sent two PC Engine games. Both are cool. Um, please talk amongst yourselves and figure out who gets what. Uh, these are stocking stuffers. I was able to ask you from Super Potato with my meager travel allowance. I've been told these are all legit. I kept a couple of Game Boy games. Sorry. They are going in the next box of California, which I have here. Also, there's a ton of stuff I overlooked, like Samurai Pizza Cats. All right. Um, we have a PC Engine game with bizarre artwork called Jaseken Necromancer, a JRPG from Hudson Soft. I have Necromancer, so... That's mine. That. There's also a PZ Engine game called Gunhead, which is, as you know, Ian, is... Blazing, Blazing Lasers. Lasers. Do you have that one? Uh, not Gunhead, no. Okay. Well, we can decide on that one. All right. Um, let's see. Um, I said I respectfully submit that Ian Ferguson is the de facto PC Engine punk, so please be a pal and split the PC elite with him if he wants it. Got a copy of Mario Super Picross, which I think has no, no U.S. release. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, which one? Uh, Mario Super Picross. Oh, yeah, you should you should have that. That's very good. That's very, very good. Well, is that like the one on the Game Boy? Yeah, it's super great. Oh, okay. It's and then we have uh, a Famicom uh, disc game, Dogfight Spirit from Jalico. There's also a copy Ooh, of you can have that. That Fire, Fire Emblem Mystery of the Emblem, first released on Super Fami. Yep. Sure you don't want that? Okay. Yeah. All right, thanks again. Um, and I want the pulse golf. Oh, okay. And then you can have. The... And I get the shitty golf. All right, thanks. I'd rather give you Fire Emblem for that one. Um, uh, twin golf games for the Famicom. These are about as rare as ceramic floor tiles, but I got both labels. <laughs> yeah. So the pulse ones were the first release of the first year of the Famicom. If you didn't know that, um, there's a lot of games they redid, re- re- like Black Box. I'm Lastly, at... you can't go to Akibara without buying at least one thing that's Common Rider. I'm gonna hence, take Common Rider. <laughs> hence the Common Rider Famicom card. I like how you're deciding all this, Ian. Now, these are all kind of neat to me, but I'm not a collector. These are all tightly plastic-wrapped, OCD Japanese style. I gave you most of the better games. I just took the ones that were interesting to me. Oh, okay. Well, that, that, okay, you think that's the same thing? All right. Um, I'll trade you later for one. I'm not sure I need uh, the PC version of Blazing Lasers. Um, I'm still hunting for a working PCFX for a price that makes sense. That's going to cost more to ship it Woo-hoo! over to me. But, yeah. uh, but we'll work something out, Fox. I still want one. I should have. I had an opportunity to get one like six years ago. I passed on it. All right, thanks, Fox. That's the first box. Uh, Fox, that rhymes. And there's another one from someone else there. I forget what that one was. All right, I will read it. 
Ian's gonna read it. Hi, Pat and Ian. A few episodes back, Ian mentioned that he was a mark for Mahjong games. <laughs> really? <laughs> and figured that he may be interested in this DS game. This is from my Workplaces Game Library after they did a mass giveaway. Enjoy! Chris, Berwin, Illinois. Twitter, Bond Spy. Thank you both for the podcast. Ian, I wish you good health soon. Woohoo! Mahjong Quest Expeditions. These two look like they're ready to go on a quest. Did you show any of these to the camera, by the way? And I will go with them. Did you show any of these in the camera? Forget. No. Fox, you're a maniac. Another Fox box. It also contains... Another uh, Fox box. Belated birthday gifts for Ian. Is that... Oh, it's wrapped. Oh, really? Look at how... Look at this wrapping! Look at this! Wow! What the... Holy shit! Aww. Oh, he told me what it is. I'm, I'm not going to give it away. Okay. It's All hefty. Right. Hefty, hefty cinch sack. All right, I'm opening, Fox. Thank you. Uh, it's inside you'll find... An Fox, indig- you're way too nice. Uh, now I can't... I don't know which ones... Oh, what the hell are these? Oh, they're little... Uh, what do they call uh, machines? Oh, my God. I want all these. Super Mario... Ah! Wow, you've shipped this out, like, quick as shit, Fox. I know what this is. He told me. Oh, damn. Yeah, Ian Fox. will find a red original Game Boy yep. with a recently replaced screen. It has seen some wear and tear, but, wear and tear, but I tested it and it still works. Yeah, well. look at all this wear and tear, Fox. Boy, it sure is beat up. Uh, start button needs to be pressed harder than I might prefer, but otherwise it's fine. I love it. Thank to, you. To copy the red Game Boy, I've enclosed a, re- a resealed oldest Super Mario manga in Thai. Oh, that's awesome. Look at this shit. Look, look you got to show that. Look, look, look at this show. shit. Is that official? It's awesome. I don't know if that's official. I don't awesome. care if it is I know, or it's not. Funny. It's amazing. Um, and lastly, who doesn't like uh, Happy Meal toys? There was an event going on in in um, in a franchise where I work, so I got one of each sealed. Oh, shit. So I guess... Oh, did these come out here? So we got a Koopa shell. Did these come out here? I don't know. This is my favorite one. Super Mario Connecting Blocks. Um, and then there's a couple, a few more. You have a, oh, a piranha plant. Oh, that's a great one. Piranha plant. Oh, that's awesome. And then we have, there's about six in all. Ooh, there's a nice, uh, there's a nice Bowser that spits fire, it looks like. There's little fire things that's to put in his cool. mouth. Um, there's a Pokemon bag in here. Now I want to get McDonald's. Last but not least, you have a, what, a, what, why is he, Invincible Mario. Oh, he's clear. Wait, does he light up or something? What? Invincible Mario? Oh, he does. He put a. I think he put a battery. I was in gonna it. say Flashes. he must. Yeah, that's 2017. That's awesome. We didn't get these here. I don't think, did no, we? No, no, we definitely. I don't believe so. Thanks for for that. Oh, there's something else here. Oh, I understand. You might be working on a Super NES guidebook. Wow. Yeah, he's he's quick to send these. So this might make an interesting side note for your inevitable inevitable Super Game Boy Super Game Boy Two entries. Oh, Ooh, is that a Super oh, Game Boy shit. Oh, nice. That's awesome. You got your Super Game Boy controller. Oh, my God. Wow, thank you so much. You and Norm are in a lover's club. So what are, what are the extra buttons on this? Oh, window R, color. Oh, so you can change the color yeah, it instantly. Helps. It lets you do the different... Oh, shit. Uh, Why didn't we get this? I would have been, I would have, might have bought the Super Game Boy if it came with this. Like in the, like, like That's a great idea. They're so awesome. I didn't, what do these usually go for? That's pretty good. good. Thank you so much, Fox. Man, I owe you, Fox. God. Thank you, Fox. Man, gotta, I gotta mention this now in a super, certain super NES guidebook. Yeah. And last but not least, this isn't really for us, but it is for us. This is a very gracious gift and a nice, wow, there's a Hallmark card. 
Alright. Alright. Addressed to us. This is uh, an anticipation of something. It's a hundred. It's a sheet of acid. Dear Pat and Ian, good luck with the marathon. Oh, I hope you. this raises a ton of cash for charity. Ian, take it easy on Pat. Yes, please. Best wishes, Ben from yeah, Kentucky. Because I'm always hard on Pat. Well, that's, well, that could be misconstrued. And it looks like, oh, <laughs> we're going to have a. Oh, this is. Now we have to do an NES marathon this year. We're having a giveaway this year. Ooh! Sweet. And it's not part of a bundle from GameStop. No, it's not. So we're going to have to, I guess, uh, do a giveaway. Yeah. During the NES Marathon. That looks cool. This looks like a tri-language version of it. Very nice. Awesome. We can do it. I'm going to assume this isn't one of those. I'm seeing the bootlegs that look exactly like them. You see those now? They're... The ones that look like a sandwich squished between two textbooks? Well, no, but now they have ones that the box are exactly no, the same, but you have to turn on and see it's shit because there's an, HDMI, there's an HDMI to AV converter inside, so it's not really HDMI. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. I'm trusting you on this one. It's probably fine. But thanks so much. This will definitely have this as a giveaway during the yeah, 8th annual NES Marathon. That's awesome. Thank More you so much. Come soon. And thanks so much if you want to send us cool gifts. Uh, always appreciate it. Fox, you're a maniac. Um, maniac. Maniac. Send it to uh, CU Podcast, care of Pat Contry, P.O. Box 7695, San Diego, California, 92167. We also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash CU Podcast. With that HTTPS colon slash slash. Um, if you want to advertise with us, it's CU Podcast at thepunkeffect.com. We love that's it fruit. We gotta give him a fruit. We do there. love that's it fruit, and that's it veggie now too. Yeah, but that's it. Oh, wait till uh, you wait, hear yeah. us talk. I'm about still trying to wrap my head around that that concept now. Yo, since it's not an official advertisement, I gotta tell you, um, that I gotta talk to Eddie. Idea, that's it. I gotta talk to Eddie. He's really missing the stoner market. <laughs> well, I guess so. Maybe we can work that out with with the, with the, with the, the chocolate bites action. I might have, I might have to talk to him about it. I, I just get high as shit and just eat so many of those. Those I eat like three of those. That's All right, it. Save it for the live reading. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go get blazed and play Hot Shots Golf. I'll talk to you all later. All, all right. right. We'll see you next time for Ian Ferguson on Pat Contry. And we'll see you at a video game con. A video game con. I, I did not mention that yet. A video game con, September 9th and 10th in Parsippany, New Jersey. Oh, or, a week from this Friday. With our pal... Norm, Norm, the, the gaming, gaming historian. historian. Lots of fun to be had, and we're also going to go to Friendlies. We are, and I'm going to have a clown sundae and a watermelon roll. And, and I'm not going to eat their food. And we're going to share the peanut butter cup slash Reese's Pizza Sunday because well, We're going to take like two of those just back to the hotel. Because when I ordered the, the large one last time, I ate like a third of it. <laughs> like I couldn't... I think you were there. If, if our fridge... No, I wasn't. If, I our, if our fridge has a freezer, we're just going to take those to go. Oh, sure. We'll just eat them on the plane and we're back. Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>